Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Cameron Snape and I miss video store so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-host Kira Jade Oppitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around, sign up for a membership. There are no late fees, but unreturned tapes will be hunted down by our intern, Samantha, armed with only her perky attitude and a broken blade of a long-dead convenience store clerk who was killed in the Slurpee Wars of 1967 and cursed to roam the earth. But that won't matter when she politely asks you to rewind her tapes, will it, you fucking savage? This is Weird Kid Video. Old business. Old business. Do we have old business? We have a little bit of old business. Do I know what it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kira, I was wondering if you uh, ran a lobbyer fact check? Fact check? <laughs> About the Godfather? I did not. Like, I'm so Olivia? sorry. I did not. <laughs> oh, that's did okay. you? That's okay. I ran it myself. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> See, I, didn't, I haven't listened to the last podcast yet. I was wrong and not wrong. Okay. About the subplot involving a woman's genitals in in the novel of the godfather um it wasn't just her her labia it was her whole vagina which is described as roomy within the novel that makes sense so what happened it's it's just a woman who who thinks that her vagina is too large and there's a subplot about her trying to get the money to make it smaller New business. This week, we team up to take on our egos, overcome our past trauma, and open up about our feelings while learning to keep people in the face. It's 1989's Best of the Best. <laughs> Good description. A team is not a team if you don't give a damn about one another. You're number one or number two? Trust dead. Mom, I gotta go. What does it take to turn five uncontrollable characters into one unbeatable team? Even with my help, it will be difficult, if not nearly impossible, to defeat a team from Korea. I'm afraid. You need this fight bad. You need this fight for you, man. I'm here to teach you how to win. Winning isn't a sometime thing. Winning is an all-time thing. This is the only thing I know I am good at. Don't take that away from me. You can work. You can sweat. You can train. You can dream and never be better than good. But when the right people come together at the right moment, when they care almost as much about winning as they do about each other, they can become the best of the best. Directed by Robert Radler. 
Uh, this is his first film as a director. Before this, he directed three episodes of The New Monkeys. What is The, the new, new Monkeys? monkeys. Well, it's, it's the new version of The Monkeys. Is in The Monkeys? Yeah, it's in The Monkeys. The band? Yep. Wow. The New Monkeys. Yep. Uh, it's the... Uh, failed, the remake of the TV show? Failed attempted 1980s revival of The Monkeys with new band members. The New Monkeys. But... Wow. They're new. They didn't read the room on that one. It did not go well. It lasted 22 episodes. He directed three of them. I'm surprised about how many it lasted. They probably made them before they released it. That's a good point. Yep. Uh, after this movie, Robert Radler directed Best of the Best 2. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> how are these getting sequels? Because VHS. People liked it on VHS, so they made a sequel. Okay, fair enough. Does um, that happen anymore? Straight to yeah. DVD? The straight to streaming. Well, yeah. All those Bruce Willis movies. <laughs> Bruce Willis is in all of them. Nicolas Cage is in quite a lot of them. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Dude, have you seen the new Nick Cage movie coming out? Which one? He makes fucking 20 movies the a year. The one where he plays himself. Oh, I've seen, I haven't, I've been avoiding the trailer. Trailer. I'm hit and miss on Nick Cage. So. I fucking love that man. I mean, I, oh, I have I'm a lot of, I have a lot of, I had a lot of respect for Nicolas Cage as, a, as an actor because yeah. he is somebody that puts everything into his art, but I find his performances hit or miss. So I find when he does that thing, when he uses every possible intonation in the human language mm. in a single sentence, I'm usually not into that movie. But turn around and make a movie like Pig, which is fucking amazing. I haven't seen Pig. See? You don't even know about, about, Pig. about Pig. He makes a lot of movies every year. It's an indie movie. Think John Wick in the chef world. All right. But also like extremely emotional and dramatic. Yes. It's fucking awesome. Yes. It's a great movie. Nick Cage is the anti-Keanu uh, Reeves, don't you reckon? Like where Keanu Reeves is a little bit like cold and, and blue steely, Nick Cage is just all raw emotion. I'm going to turn off Tangent City right here. <laughs> okay, I mean, sure. I appreciate it, but we're here to talk about Robert Radler and Best of the Best. And we do not badmouth Keanu Reeves. We do, yeah, we don't. I was not badmouthing. <laughs> we do not badmouth Keanu. We love Definitely, Keanu Reeves. I love Keanu as well. I'm just saying they're like polar opposites. There are four best of the best movies. <laughs> four of them. Yes. I remember seeing the second one. Same cast? I remember seeing the second one. No spoilers. I haven't seen the third or the fourth, and I own best of the best two. Ooh. Okay. Yep. I really want to know if it's the same cast. That's a thing. Well, you, you have to wait till it's on the list and find out. Beyond best of the best. <laughs> Robert Radler uh, mostly directed television. He directed a bunch of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episodes. Fantastic. Ah, fuck yeah. And Power Rangers Zeo. You know what? I love Power Rangers. You can fucking tell that he directed Power Rangers in this movie. Uh, I don't see it, but I'm sure we'll get into it later. Oh, you can uh, in the fight scenes. Yeah. <laughs> he directed Ford's first 3D TV commercial. Uh, okay. And these days he's mostly working in documentaries about ships for PBS. That's very specific. Best of the Best was written by Paul Levine. Um, who only ever wrote one other movie. I couldn't find out much about him. Um, and with a story by Philip Ree, who plays Tommy Lee. Ah. Based on his personal experience as a member of the 1980 United States Taekwondo team that took on the South Korea game that year at the Asian Games. Fuck yeah, so it's a true story. Kind of, inspired. 
Okay. Inspired by. I was expecting that to be like slapped this, down. Though. Yeah. So I assume it didn't go the way the movie goes, though. I don't, right? He didn't fight a man with an eye patch. I don't know. I can't. I, <laughs> maybe. I, I don't know. I can. I did have a look around, but I couldn't find the results of that event. But I would assume that South Korea won. Sure. Um, starring Eric Roberts as Alex Grady. Fuck, he's a dreamy dude, man. Yeah, we you talked always a little, fall in love. We talked with a little bit about him. I fell in love with him last pod. He yeah, was in one of the trailers. Yeah, he's in the trailer for Runaway Train, which we talked about. Oh, right. It was after the after last week's um, motion picture experience. Of a Iron fine Eagle. wine. He's mm. just gotten better with age, but goddamn, that hairdo! All oh, the hair he is fucking, glorious. His thick mane. I have notes oh. about the hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's been in over four hundred movies. He's fucking prolific. I yeah, love that's that. A man. lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. he's a working. And actor. He has a voice that is just got this timber to it. It's fucking awesome. Very attractive man. Sorry, guys. I'll, I'll calm down. Please don't. Um, yeah, he'll basically go anywhere and be anything, in, in anything because he loves acting. Like he just doesn't really mind what he's in. If somebody's willing to pay him to act, he's willing to do the acting for them. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, he's a dude. Uh, the other thing I always remember him from is the Doctor Who movie from the mid-90s. Um, Who did he play? That was meant to be a revival of Doctor Who. After oh, a, I've seen that. Yep. Yeah, and, and they when they were trying to bring it to America, he played the master in Doctor Who. Ah. He played Doctor Who's nemesis, the master. Right. Um, he's of course the brother of Julia Roberts. Shut up! Gee, I knew that he wouldn't know that. It's almost like I can just I could just set it up. <laughs> I could just put it into the air and wait for you to bat it down. <laughs> the funny thing is, is everything you tell me, I'm so surprised by. <laughs> I love. I just love all the facts that you know. That uh, is that makes so much sense. Fucking Julia Roberts is a fucking queen, and this man is a king. It makes so much sense. Absolutely, he's the father of actress Emma Roberts. Of. <laughs> oh my god! I have guys. If, if we're just doing you shocked for like four hours, <laughs> this is going to take forever. I should be a reaction uh, bloody YouTuber because oh, I've got a lot of reactions. Oh god! No! 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 Uh, Emma Roberts from Scream Four, Nerve, and American Horror Story. She is also great. Yeah, I really like her in Scream Four. Uh, and Nerve, Nerve's a fun movie, fun but very very silly movie. She's in that with Dave Franco, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. You remember that one? Maybe I've seen that. Uh, it's, it's pretty recent. What's it about? Um, it's about like an online internet game that these two kids get involved in where they have to do like I remember shit. it. I never watched it. Yeah. I remember seeing the trailer. It's kind of fun. I mean, it's, it's, fun. it's silly. If you buy into it, you might you might have a nice time. It depends on – it's a little ADHD and kind of all over the place. And Yeah, so and it takes a matter I'll watch it. Th- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Do a little light math. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not too much. Um, uh, you just, know me so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James L. Jones as Coach Frank Cuso. What a man. Living legend. <laughs> Living so, legend. So I got Ellie to watch. Well, she didn't really watch. She sat next to me and scrolled while I watched this last night. And halfway through the movie, <laughs> she goes, is that James L. Jones? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. What the fuck is James L. Jones doing in this movie? (laughs) (laughs) And to be fair, she recognized him from The Voice, which I was very proud of. But yeah, Yeah. (laughs) not very observant. A quick rundown of my favorite of his films. uh, Dr. Strangelove, Coming to America, Field of Dreams, Hunt for Red October, The Sandlot. And I have to mention it, even though it's not my thing, uh, The Lion King. 
Yeah, Yay. Lion King coming to yeah. America. That's all you need to say. Uh, and the voice of Darth Vader. Oh, oh right, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I can't believe we fuck. Yeah. Philip Ree as Tommy Lee. I already mentioned that uh, this is based on his real life experiences. He is in all four of the best of the best movies. Okay. Okay. And he directed three and four. Ooh. Wow. He has, uh, he has like a 38 pack. Yeah, he sure it is. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. How, how soon after the first movie did the second movie get made? Well, it's a couple of years. And then the third and the fourth? Later. Like were they like Through quick the 90s. succession? They were, they were over by the mid-90s. Okay. Yeah. Before this, he'd been a stunt guy uh, in the Kentucky Fried movie, <laughs> a movie that lives in my imagination. It's one of those movies with a title and the cover. I remember very distinctly from the video store, never saw it. Wanted is it to watch it. what I it. think it is? It's a, it's a spoof movie. But it's one of those movies as a kid I really wanted to see it and my father was always, no. <laughs> uh, he was also in a movie called Ninja Turf or LA Street Fighters. Fuck but I watched yeah. the trailer of this morning and it looks awesome. Fuck looks like a, yeah. it's a low-budget like martial arts ninja movie. I've seen that one floating around on Instagram actually. Have you? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's about two guys who become security guards in LA and get involved in, the, in a drug war and are hunted by a ninja. Yep. Intriguing. Sounds like my thing. After the best of the best movies, he's worked mainly as a producer and moved into visual effects as a okay. 3D stereo conversion producer. Wow. All right. So that's skilling turn, up. Turning movies into 3D, well, being a producer to turn movies into 3D movies. He worked on the 3D conversion of Titanic. Cool. I didn't even know there was a 3D conversion of Titanic. It got re-released, okay. in, it got re-released in cinemas in 3D when 3D was a big was a big thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, big the same as we saw we saw Jurassic Park in 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Similar similar to that. Okay. You remember when you thought you'd seen Jurassic Park and you hadn't seen Jurassic Park and then you saw Jurassic Park in the cinema for the first time in 3D and lost your goddamn mind? Yeah, I do remember Is that. That was a great experience. Uh, I'm the 3D, not so much. Okay. Seeing, seeing, it at the seeing Jurassic Park at the movies. I can't believe you hadn't seen Jurassic Park. I didn't think that I I thought I had. I think I had seen enough parts of it and it was familiar enough with the concept of the movie that I assumed that I had seen yeah. it when I was a child. But you knew I, what happened in the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Like you just picked up the story. I just assumed yeah. that, yeah, and it's a movie everybody's seen, so I just assumed I was one of the everybody. But I've then we watched it and I was like, this literally, is the greatest thing ever. Literally, <laughs> I'm so excited that you got to do that. No, <laughs> I know, yeah. no, literally like about half an hour into the movie, she leant over to me and said, I've never seen this oh. in the cinema. <laughs> and I was like, oh my fucking God. Fuck, you know how you were talking about sense memories like yeah, yeah. last week oh, or the my, week before? My sense memory for Jurassic Park is insane. But just like you whispering that to me just mm. put me in a movie theatre chair with popcorn and yep. I could like smell it. Yeah. Fuck, I love that. Cuddled yeah. up with me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just like in my dreams. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's lucky that I had thought that I had seen that movie because if I had told you that I hadn't seen it, we would have watched it because – like we would have watched it at home. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but because I thought that I had seen it and he'd asked me before if I had seen it, I was like, yeah, yeah, I've seen Jurassic Park. Therefore, we didn't watch it. Therefore, I got to see it for the first time at the movies. Yeah, that's awesome. Winning. Chris Penn, uh, the late Chris Penn as Travis Brickley, brother of Sean Penn, uh, mostly known for playing nice guy Eddie in Reservoir Dogs, but he's also he in- He passed right. away. Yeah, he passed away in 2000 and I want to say 13. Wow. I could be wrong. Also, wow, brother of- Bloody Sean Penn. Yeah, Sean Penn's brother. What the fuck? You don't, you don't know anything <laughs> about anything. It's, it's glorious. I just take people at face value. I'm not here to see who they're related to. All right. It's, <laughs> not, it's not a big deal, but wow, yeah. it is a big deal. He's also in Rumblefish, Footloose, 
Rush Hour, True Romance, and lots, lots more, but they're just a couple Everything. of ones that popped out in my head, and I will never, ever, ever, ever miss the opportunity to mention the movie Rumblefish because... No, it's so good. Uh, other casts I know from other movies, I will, of course, name check as they appear. Trailers. Four trailers for three movies. Yeah, what was with that? <clears throat> it's just something they used to do. That they show Think one about trailer like, at the start and then at the end, the same trailer after the other two well, trailers. Well, it's the same trailer, so we get a teaser, yeah. short version of the trailer, and then and later then the, we get a longer I assume the craze was because it was like an Australian one, so they wanted to show it more in the Australian release, no? That's a British movie. Yeah, well, I don't know, because it kind of had a vibe of like an Australian thing, so know. I kind of guess. Oh, okay, so the Krays are very notorious, famous uh, British yeah. criminals. I've seen them in Peaky Blinders, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, Peaky Blinders. Yeah. And also there's a Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy played both of them in a movie yeah. called Legend a few years ago. Who loves you, eh? Mummy loves you, you little monsters. The Krays, lords of an underworld empire founded on fear. People are afraid of you. You can just do anything. <laughs> Now a major motion picture reveals the truth about their reign of terror. The craze, bonded by blood. Oh, yeah. That's also the craze. That's that's actually where I know them from, yeah. yeah. So, yes, it was the, a short trailer for the movie The Craze. And then um, again at the end, a yeah. bit of bigger one. <laughs> I definitely, I've seen this movie. Okay. Um, I remember being bored by it. Okay. Remember, because my dad was into it. Because right. uh, British gangsters and stuff. And I don't, I don't remember, really remember much about it. Elves. An innocent romp in the woods turns into a hellish nightmare when an evil force is accidentally awakened. Elves. They're not working for Santa anymore. When rough day at work, Santa got murdered. Their mission, to mate with a virgin and conquer the world as a pint-sized master race. I'm saving it for someone special. Dan Haggerty stars as Mike McGavin, an ex-detective working on hard times. First you stand and then you die. She is the most important person on Earth. From her will grow the new order. Santa must expose this unholy force before the elves destroy Christmas. Jesus Christ. Ah! Elves, they're not working for Santa anymore. Oh, fuck. This one was seared into my memory. Those masks. The, the scene where they threw a radio in the bath where the beautiful woman was bathing and they electrocuted her. And then it cut to the, like, really terrible elf mask, like, on the side, like, head banging, going, yes, yes. It was yeah. a rough was day great. at work. Santa got murdered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, elves, they're not working for Santa anymore. What yes. the fuck is this movie? No, 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 no. Yeah, not Kira's jam. Kira's a big Santa. Uh, I believe in Santa. <laughs> yep. I was fully into this one. Uh-huh. This is one. I get the impression that Santa saves the day, though. Well, it's, it's not a, the real Santa. It's, a, it's someone isn't who, some homeless man dressed he's a detective. as Santa. He's an out of work detective. Oh, he's an out of work detective. He's yeah. not a homeless man, but well, yeah, yeah. He, and he's not real Santa from Lapland. He's like the. He's yeah, just someone who dresses up as Santa <laughs> from Lapland. That's where well, Santa's, that's where Santa's from. from. <laughs> what? Santa, the real Santa, lives in Lapland, Finland. 
Oh, okay, Kira. Yes. <laughs> it's true. Yes, you that's where he lives. It is. <laughs> With all his elves and reindeer. Are you condescending yes. my wife, you fuck? <laughs> and also year-round. You can visit him anytime you want. Is that your next holiday? I mean, I'd love to go to Finland, but that's for many reasons, including Santa living in Lapland. Uh, yeah, I don't really remember this trailer, but probably because it would have scared the fuck out of me as a kid. Oh, yeah. So I think I might have suppressed it. I don't really know a real lot, but um, here are the first two lines of the plot description from Wikipedia. Strap yourselves in, kids. When teenager Kristen accidentally cuts her hand during an anti-Christmas pagan ritual with her friends, Brooke wow. and Amy in the woods... Her spilled blood awakens the ancient demonic Christmas elf. The elf is a central figure in a Monday neo-Nazi plot to what? finally bring about the master race Whoa. with which with which Hitler has always dreamed of conquering the world. What, what the fuck is this movie? You know what? None that, of that was in the trailer. That was in it the trailer. It kind of is. It they was do in the trailer. Stuff? They yeah. do mention like they there mention is a, Nazis. They don't mention Nazis specifically. They say master race. Yeah, and they also say mate with a virgin. They need to mate yeah. with a virgin. That's it right. It is. Wow. Real insane. I, whoa, okay. That's not on the list, right? No. <laughs> Seems, yeah. I, I mean, definitely want to watch it. I'm probably going to watch it. But <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's for the podcast. I mean, it would fit the brand of the podcast, but yeah, I don't think Maybe so. I don't, think, Christmas we watch, movie. don't well, think we watch Nazi movies on this podcast. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not saying it's pro, it's pro Nazi. I mean, it seems like the Nazis are the bad guys, but still, I think we don't watch Nazi movies on this podcast. <laughs> the elves are the bad guys. They're just an analog for uh, Van Damme in Wrong Bet. For Leon, life has no mercy. I never give up my family. I need to see my brother. <laughs> needed you and you weren't there just give me one week to get the money for them one week your time was up in the desert ain't no rules here man anything goes that 5,000 won't go as far as he thinks check it out Dorothy we ain't in Kansas no more I like the way you fought the other night <laughs> No. <laughs> Let's get crazy. There's no rules. <laughs> Anything is possible. <laughs> there is no choice. He must win. Jean Claude Van Dam. Wrong bet. Van Dam. They're all betting against him. Wrong bet. JCVD. Yep. Fucking hell. What a man. If I don't see him in that unitard at least once a month, my life is a waste. <laughs> You're a strange man, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know. But like, is it in his contract? One? Is it in his contract that he needs to appear in those like overalls unitard every, on, in every film? Yeah, he is. I mean, yeah, and the, <laughs> and the tight jeans. Yeah. Let's not forget about the tight jeans. Have, uh, you, watched, have you seen this one? Oh yeah, fuck yeah, I've seen. Uh, my my dad was a massive Van Damme fan, that so makes we a watched lot of sense. lots of Van Damme. Yeah, because um, he's a you know he has taste. Uh, yeah. Is it um, good? Yeah, it's a, it's an underground fighting movie. Van Damme's in lots of movies where there's underground fighting or tournaments. Mm. Um, well, you love and, a tournament. And I love a tournament. Um, I don't really remember it. I, I definitely saw it when I was a kid, but I saw lots of Van Damme movies and they're all kind of meshed together. It's like a big lump of Van Damme in my head. It's a giant 
congealed lump of Van Damme in my head. <laughs> and um, there are movies of his that stand out, but they tend to be not the generic uh, martial art movies. Uh, his movies that I love tend to be the ones that are a little bit different. Right. Yeah, I have a few Van Damme movies on, on the list. Nice. Um, there was a phase of my life where I was a big Van Damme fan. Uh, Red Surf. As gang leaders, they raised hell. Ever! George Clooney, Doug Savant, Dee Dee Pfeiffer, and Gene Simmons. Is this not the sexiest movie you've ever seen? Well, you were just horny this week. <laughs> Why are you so I'm, horny? But like, look, guys, I'm just appreciating beauty where beauty is. The two main characters in this, George Clooney and what's his name? George Clooney? George Clooney before ER, George Clooney. I was going to ask that. It looks like before ER. ER didn't start until the 90s. This is 1989. I mean, goddamn, in leather jackets and denim jackets. Oh, they're just gorgeous. Yeah, so it's a surf gang movie with, yeah, as the aforementioned uh, hot boy George Clooney and uh, Doug Savant. Who, That's the one. Doug Savant from Melrose Place. Yeah, he but he, the, he's looking good in this one. <laughs> he doesn't look good <laughs> to you in Melrose Place? Well, he just looks like a normal white guy in the rest of his like, movies and TV and stuff. Yeah, he's also- in, uh, I think he's got a bit part in the Godzilla movie from 1998. He plays a soldier. Mm. I don't know why that sticks out in my head. It just does. Did yeah, um, I feel George like Clooney like, do many movies prior to? He did a few. Not I mean, none of them are hits. Yeah, he, he was. Was, t- was he a thing before he was in AR? No, no. Right. He was a t- he was a working actor who got yeah. AR. AR made him a fucking star. That's what I and thought. And then he turned into George Clooney movie star. Yeah. In the late in the mid to late nineties. Right. So was the pull of this movie was the star power of this movie Gene Simmons, <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> fucking Gene Simmons from Kiss, who also went through a phase of acting in the eighties. He's in quite a few terrible. movies. Yeah, I mean, he's Gene Simmons. All I see is that tongue. <laughs> um, it looks fun. There's jet skis and machine guns. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I added it They're to, gonna to the They're going to do one last deal before <laughs> yeah. going I'm straight. sure it's going to go swimmingly. Red. Red uh, surf. Red surf. Uh, and then, yeah, a longer trailer for the for the craze, which we already kind of talked about. This is the point where Ellie Turnerman goes, 
Oh, don't you just miss VHSs because you get to see all the trailers for old movies and stuff? They're so good. And I was like, this is the point of the, this is what we're doing. That's right. Do you not? You don't understand the, what we're doing? It's, it's, it's the podcast. The whole point of the podcast. Yeah, I miss I miss trailers before movies. Yeah. And I miss going to the video store and looking at covers. Yeah, and she has also listened to the first first app. And she, <laughs> she still said that. I was like, we, we talk about that at length for like 45 minutes. And I was like, but like, I agree, definitely. Uh, do you kids want to recap the premise of Best of the Best? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, Best of the Best is about an American karate team, martial arts team, going against a Korean martial arts team in a tournament and learning how to fight in a way that they can beat the Korean team. That was fucking beautiful. It's very specific. I would have been lost. I, I would have been lost. I mean, I that's what it is. To, that yeah. is very true, but I would yeah. have got lost in a the team details. Of, a team yeah. of American martial artists face their personal demons as they try to better themselves to beat the Korean team. I feel like you prepared that. No, we're straight <laughs> off the top of uh, this beautiful brain palace. Uh, yes, oh. that is in fact what it's about. Yeah, it is in fact what, it, what it's about. That's a good job. I mean, still stilted, but good job. I was mm. just trying to keep it short enough that you would consider it a premise. That's good work. Perfectly adequate. The uh, blockbuster guide from the year 1998, of course, has an entry for best for the best of the best. That's a little spoilery. It's kind of disappointing. I don't like it when they're spoilery. I don't want it to be spoilery, but it is a little spoilery. <laughs> You've said spoilery a lot. <laughs> Did I mention that this has got spoilers? Oh, thank you for telling us. U.S. karate team travels to Korea to take on their dreaded national team. The brutal contest becomes a personal grudge match for one American whose brother died at his opponent's hands, strictly by the numbers, but popular enough to warrant a sequel. Uh, three stars. And then it's also in the Halliwells. The Halliwells is actually better. The Halliwells guide has the best of the best as an American Taekwondo team prepares to compete against the Korean champions. Plotting, sentimental, an over-familiar variation on the Karate Kid and Rocky. <laughs> so they did not like, enjoy it as much. Guys, I'm probably siding with the Halliwells here. I didn't <gasps> enjoy it very much either. Oh, okay. That's a first. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you did say that about Jugger and then it became one of your favourite movies. But, um. Look, no, it, I think there was a lot more in Jugger that could... I think this, this movie is a shell, and I'll get to that point as we go through it, but okay. I, I think it's very much a shell. And I think the I think the movie is compromised. How so? And I will get into that as we as we okay. talk about it. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm really listening. Yeah, but um so You should always be really listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always part listening, part having a clapping monkey in my head going. <laughs> <laughs> No Janet Maslin of the New York Times this week. Ooh. She, as far as I can tell, did not review this film. That's why it's a shell, guys. Yeah, so she wasn't into it. In her place, uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times, not a fan. Uh, the concluding sentence of his review, There is not a single scene in this movie that I found amusing, original or interesting. What we really have here is a documentary of the actors wasting their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fork that tongue. That is brutal. That nasty bitch. Ebert brought the fire. Yeah. Far out. That is. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it wasn't the greatest movie of all time, but it wasn't the actors wasting their life. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that is brutal. Far out. These reviewers just cut to your bones People in the least word like possible. I mean, it's kind of the entire internet is like this, but there's a wit to it. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's a sentence construction. That's why we, we're a big fan of Janet Maslin, even though she hates us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and people on the internet will just say this movie was trash. Yeah, they they'll just say yeah. it sucks. They'll yeah. just say it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, my God. And then, you know, turn on whatever the newest fucking piece of shit streaming thing is. Yeah. Stop but they won't. They me. will not write like that. Shut they up, should. Man. If they did, the internet would be a much greater place. Mm. Well, you know how I feel about the internet. Yes, I know. We should just turn it off and walk back into the desert. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, He said on the internet where his podcast lives. (laughs) Uh, My backstory of this movie. First things first. This is not a fucking karate movie. No, No, it's it's a a martial arts movie. It's It's a Taekwondo movie. They say that they do karate. They do a mix of taekwondo, kickboxing, and something else. They do. It, it's a mixed martial arts movie. Yeah. yeah. So mixed martial arts movie before mixed martial arts was was really a thing. Intriguing. Uh, I mean, it was kind of a thing, but um, the way that we think about mixed martial arts, the UFC was still like four four years away, so right. that they didn't hold, hold their event for another four years. Um, there were other competitions that allowed a mix of martial arts, but. Uh, UFC is when it rose into kind of more popular culture, more popular culture, and martial arts has a history of being very rigid to its specific styles. So people do kung fu, do kung fu. People do karate, do karate. Mm. People do yeah. taekwondo, do taekwondo. Um, the reason I bring this up is because they probably say karate because karate was probably infinitely more popular in the United States at yeah. the time. Right. Um, then Taekwondo. Taekwondo, I know, was big in LA in the in the eighties. Taekwondo is actually Korean, though. Isn't yes, it? correct. Which is yeah. why they're fighting the South Korean team. Yeah. And I say all that to give you context because Taekwondo is a massive part of who I am. You were one of the kids learning in the dojo. Yeah, because of movies, I was obsessed with martial arts. Um, I was obsessed with fucking ninjas and and karate and all that kind of stuff. And I want many kids your age. Yeah, you know. I grew up in a generation where that was where that was. That the was thing. the thing. Like all my brothers who are like did, a few years arts. older than me, more around your age, they all grew up doing karate. Like my mum would go pick them up in the afternoons from yeah. karate class. Yeah, I wanted to do karate so badly that I just bugged my mum about it forever. Growing up where I did, there weren't any karate schools. There was no there was no possibility of doing karate, but there was a taekwondo school. So uh, when I was seven, my mum took me to re-taekwondo, which is what I did for 10 years. Very you had cool. a black belt, didn't you? I'm going to get to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I got my black belt when I was 13. I, at that point, I was training four nights a week doing taekwondo to get my black belt. And I was part of a group of five kids that were the first non-adults in Australia to get their black belts in re-taekwondo. I did well, not know that. How yeah. come you never told me that? I Yeah. I don't You've know. never told me that. Did I never tell you that? You never told me that. Yeah. I think I was one of the older kids in that group. So there were kids younger than me that got their black, black belt. So I wasn't the youngest black belt in, in Australia at the time for re-taekwondo. But I was part of the very first group of of non-adults that were allowed to get their black belt in Taekwondo. The difference cool. between an adult getting their black belt and a child getting their black belt, is there much of I a difference? I did the exact same test that an adult would do to get their black belt. Interesting. 
Do you remember what it required, like breaking boards and stuff? I do. In fact, uh, have you seen the photo of me that's on my fridge? Yeah. We bring up the fridge again? Yeah. Um, so there <laughs> the is a fridge with fucking, it's got a layer of things on it. And Kira's like, uh-huh, that's why there was a, something missing this morning, from the fridge. morning I was like, why is there a gap on our fridge? And Pan's like, oh, don't worry about it. That's don't seriously it. what it's like, hey. There is, if there's something missing, like, there is a gap of no actual why fridge. Why is there a gap? So it's because this is I'm on gonna, our fridge. I'm going oh, to show everything. the photo and, and, Kira will, and Kira will post We'll post the photo. Yeah, you can absolutely describe it. So we have what appears to be some kind of gymnasium and no like soft floors that you would see in like a typical like no, dojo. Hard, yeah, hardwood, hardwood floor. floors. And then there's just this blonde blur <laughs> jumping over three kids and breaking some boards. And this old Asian dude in the background looking going, hmm. That is my master, Chong Chulri. He looks very impressed. That is the founder of Taekwondo in Australia. He looks very impressed. Yep. So that's from my black belt grading. Shit, that looks very impressive. In the back of the photo is Master Ree watching me. Um, Those children trusted you. Yeah. (laughs) I think there's an adult in there. Is it like a spin kick or just a fly kick? It's a flying sidekick. Okay. Yep. Hectic. Two guys are holding that board. Yes. Yeah. So that's my second attempt. What happened the first time? I bounced. Oh no! I bounced off. I fucked up. I didn't. I, well, I didn't hit it correctly, and I was so ridiculously upset with myself. This is one of the. This is such a strong memory. I, I don't think I've ever described this to you. No. Is this when you like hit the floor and was like, "I'm going to do it"? No, but I remember I walked to the back of the line to try again, um, and I was so mad and so angry with myself that I had not that I just bounced off this board, um, and. What I did was I stopped myself and I slowed down my breathing and Mm. I closed my eyes and I visualized myself murdering those boards. Um, And then when it was my turn turn again, I flew through them so hard that my foot hit the dude holding them behind through the board. (laughs) Yes. You went full Super Saiyan. You can see him wincing in the photo (laughs) because it's right before I hit him in the ribs. Yes, the guy in the back. Yep. That is very impressive. So, because this is a Taekwondo movie. You liked it. I was fucking obsessed with this movie Mm. as a child. Of course you were. It's also a tournament movie. Which you love. Which I love. So, this movie was the first time I remember seeing Taekwondo on screen. Uh, Taekwondo is distinct and different from karate. Mm. There's more kicking in in Taekwondo. Yeah, it's what people think of when they think of karate because karate is more wrestling. Isn't karate karate where you start off holding each other's gi? That's No, that's judo. Judo. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, Karate. (laughs) I clearly didn't go to the Taekwondo centers. No. (laughs) Um, I mean, they're all a mix of each other because they all influenced each other. Like like, um, karate came to Japan from China. All the martial arts in that area influenced each other, but then eventually became very distinct schools that didn't cross streams because there was always the argument that one is better than the other. Yeah, okay. Because that's the way that 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 existed. Um, One of the first person in modern history to break down those walls is Bruce Lee mm. who took his technique from everything to create his own martial art Jeet Kune Do. Um, so that's why UFC holds him up as the first mixed martial artist. Mm. It's a little bit of, it's a little bit of like promo marketing vibe, yeah. but it is also kind of, kind of true. Okay. So yeah. So I was fucking obsessed with this movie, um, but it's also a movie that, that my brain has forgotten because I definitely haven't seen it since I was a small child. There's, a, there's not a lot in this movie for a brain to grab hold of. 
Some of the fighting's great. Some of the fighting's great. If it was, this is how I feel. If it was all just a training montage, yeah, and the then tra- the fights at the, the end, which essentially is all this movie is, it's yeah. flashbacks, training montages, and then shit I don't care about I d- in between. I disagree a little bit. I think this movie is a drama first and a martial arts movie second. I think this and movie is a montage first and everything else second. No more than Rocky. Rocky is a drama about boxing. You know what I mean? As the move Rocky movies go on, they become boxing movies. Rocky, it feels more earned. Yeah. And but, but like the because, emotion that's is more because, real. That's because Stallone is actually a fairly fucking incredible screenwriter in yeah, those days. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think this movie didn't know how to build to the climactic point. Even I, though the climax, the climax, the, the, it hit me. Like I felt that. Yeah. But everything else kind of was mm. a little bit deaf. Kira? I liked the movie. I don't think it, like, there are definitely better movies and I don't know, it felt like there was stuff missing, but it was like the fights were good and the competition was good and they built it. I I think I would have liked to have seen more from the Korean team in their training because they just looked like good and were in waterfalls and things, but you didn't hear (laughs) them like. Well, they only speak Korean. Yeah. yeah. Which I actually, th- actually kind of like. It's not even yeah. subtitled, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. But I kind of feel like maybe I would have enjoyed seeing a bit more of what the bad guys were Yeah, it doesn't make any effort to build. It doesn't make any effort to build the Korean team other than obviously one character. Yeah. And, and for them to be adversaries that need to be defeated because they're unstoppable. Yeah. 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 And that didn't feel like that to me. Like I didn't feel like they were unstoppable, but I did at one point when we were seeing like in the fourth montage and seeing them do all their hectic training. I was like, it's starting to feel like the Korean team should win. Yeah, we'll start. We'll start. I talk- mean, that's kind of how that always is. Like if you think about the Rocky movies, though, when, when you watch the training montage of the of the other guy, he looks way more professional in all of them. They always look way more professional and way more tough and way more terrifying. And Rocky's <sighs> yeah. running up and down hills um- and. Chasing chickens. A, you know, fight is, a, good point. a fight is only as good. In a movie, a fight is only as good as you build the opponent to be. Yes, but the thing is, is like uh, they didn't – I don't know why it's different in my mind, but I definitely – you make 100% it's true what you're saying, but I feel like the way they were building the Korean team, it was almost like they didn't show them enough for me to actually – feel like they were big and a threat and menacing and unstoppable. It just showed me that they were the better team. I think it showed that they were the better team, that they were the more well-oiled machine. But what this movie is trying to do is clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. It's trying to do... <laughs> it's trying Ste- to do... Stepping on me, stepping on me, throwing that at you later. Yeah. It's trying to do the... These guys have learnt to work as a team. These guys have learnt to love each other and care about each other and do the right thing rather than necessarily fight to the death, which makes them the bigger people. But even just the fact that they stand up for their fellow teammates and stuff, that's stuff that the other team isn't going to do because they're just a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. They are just trained fighters, whereas our team is... Let's talk about it within the context of the movie as we talk about the movie. I got a point on that, but yeah. Yeah, and and we'll let you get to that, but let's let's actually talk about the movie. Yeah, cool, let's get through it. So um, in preparation for this podcast, I watched an episode of Scott Atkins, um, The Art of Action, featuring Philip Ree, and some of the information I have about the movie came from that 
uh, podcast. Very cool. Uh, if you're into, link in the description. If you're into action movies and filmmaking, uh, it's awesome. Scott Atkins, I've mentioned on the podcast before, he makes a lot of like lower budget martial arts movies. He's kind of the inheritor of the VHS martial arts kind of era. Uh, so we open in South Korea with uh, at Sunrise. Um, and the opening is one of the things that I, when I was a kid, was like, Oh, it, this is Taekwondo. We're in. A, we're watching a Taekwondo movie because we see a huge group of people training on a soccer field doing Taekwondo in sync with each other. Like these are a well-oiled. We talked about a well-oiled machine. They're uh, they're punching and kicking in unison. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, is I went into this movie without knowing anything about it. Besides, like, I, I couldn't remember anything that we said about it or anything like that. I did not know that we were facing what, Korea in what this a, movie. What a shock. <laughs> <laughs> Me, not prepared. <laughs> um, and as soon as that opening shot came in, I was like, oh, okay, so we're fighting Korea. I don't know what it was about it. South Korea. Yeah, well, I didn't. I wasn't sure. <laughs> did they say South Korea? Because I bumped on that. I felt like they just said Korea. They do say, say South Korea sometimes, and they also say Korea because both North and South Korea claim to be Korea. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't catch them saying South Korea. I only catch them saying Korea. Yeah. Yeah, but like sense. it was a big grassy compound essentially like that. It was it's a, a soccer field. Yeah, but like what? Can you see the goals in yeah. the shot? Oh, I didn't notice yeah, the goals. So it's a soccer field. Oh, but anyway, yeah, I, I saw it and immediately it was like, oh, this definitely has a Korea vibe. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's very strange, but yeah, it felt like a big... Uh, everyone training in, in unison. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm. And then we, we moved to, to Portland, Oregon, where um, on a car assembly line we meet Alex Grady at his day job. We don't know who's Alex yet. Um, and uh, he's, he's you know, working on the line. Hard juxtaposition. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I, and on per- clearly on purpose. Yeah. Cutting, this is while the opening, while the credits are on, are on screen. Um, he knocks off and chats with a workmate, Stanley, who's played by Eddie Bunker. Who's sweetest man. Eddie Bunker from who's in Runaway Train. Oh, right. Oh, also with Eric Roberts. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's the guy I talked about last week. There was an ex-crim that John Voigt is doing an impersonation of in Runaway Train. Uh, I've since found out or remembered that Eddie Bunker co-wrote the screenplay for Runaway Train. Oh, well, shit. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then my next note is Eric Roberts' hair is glorious in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's a good-looking man. It's, not a, it's kind of a mullet, but it's not a mullet because it's got this more kind of windswept it's, quality. It's the uh, proto top knot. Well, he does have a top knot later yeah, on in the movie. He yeah. legitimately has a top knot later, yeah. on, later in the movie. Yeah, it's great. It's gorgeous. And, like, is he – like, I can't – remember why I can't remember this, but you don't remember anything. You lost that. <laughs> I don't remember. Can you tell me what happened? We didn't, but his hair's do- grey, right? No. His hair's <laughs> black. It's black. Okay. I for, in my memory I just see a grey top knot. I don't know why. <laughs> Move on, cut that, cut that, cut that. Did you watch this movie? <laughs> Still on my lines. Uh check off bicycle. Uh, Alex is teaching his kid Walter to ride in the st- ride his bike in the street. It's cute. It's kind of cute. It's a little cheesy. I'm doing it, Dad. I'm doing it. Yeah, that's some that's some that's some acting yeah. <laughs> from that from that kid. Uh, and then we that's intercut with Tommy in his dojo training kids and breaking up a fight between two kids and telling them they need to be friends. That's the theme of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And those kids are basically me in 1989. That's mm. me. That's what I. That's what I look like. That's what my class kind of look like. Yeah, you, fully. That getting, old photo looks you, exactly. Were you getting like into you. fights with other children and being told you have to shake hands and be friends? Um, I don't think I ever got into a fight with. I think we were all a team. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really remember. Um, it's a long time ago. Tommy gets a letter, and uh, we don't see what the content of it is, but he's clearly pumped because he does a little fist, a little fist pump. Yeah. The little moments <laughs> like cute. that in this film are so adorable. There's little cheering moments where it's just like, yes, yes. There's a few. There's a few of those. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fun. But back in Portland, Alex uh, got the same letter, and we find out that he's been uh, invited to try out for the national karate team. Um, his mum is concerned. Um, his mum played by Louise Fletcher, who is Nurse Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ah, yep, right. cool. She's nice in this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> she's the one who overcares. Like, it, it's so funny how his shoulder thing was introduced because it's just, you, you got injured last time. You could die. Just straight away, like, that's the, the ultimate thing in this, like, Regulated sport, you could die, but we find out later that is People, completely possible. Could. People die in the in the podcast. Philip Ree talks about how he was in early competitions and tournaments, and there was no pads, and you kick people in the head. Oh, like that's where he comes. Legit, from. yeah. So, like uh, taekwondo tournaments now, you wear pads. Like if you look at the Olympics, they wear headgear and like body pads and everything. Mm. And but then it was just a free form. He was like, there were there were tournaments every weekend. He went to tournaments every. And fought every single weekend, and Hectic. no pads get kicked in the get kicked in the head. Everything everything's legal. So, from his perspective as the writer of this movie, that's that injury thing is something that that is that is possible. So it was almost like where the modern form of like competition martial arts these days is like Olympics. There's pads. You hit a certain point. You do a certain move. You get a single point. Back in the day, it was more like boxing. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100, percent but yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's cool. I would love to see that again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, you just want to see people get hurt. I love blood sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I have a story about this is the complete tangent city. I have a story about the first time I saw UFC. It was the very first UFC event and where they could still like throw knees into my head and my stuff. S- my stepfather brought back a VHS tape. There was like a pirated tape of the of UFC one. Uh, how long ago did it exist? Uh, they started in '93, so this would have been really, in the, in the, yeah. So this would have been the mid '90s. It, it was like a pay per view event, and it was very much he's a karate guy versus a, a that's what I sumo guy. That's There's what the no, modern version does not have. And no, it sucks. because everybody is cross training. Everyone's everything. a fucking spe- spe- scientist now. Everybody has specialities, but this, this was <laughs> well. It's now broken down into a scientist. This form beats like there's this a new there's a move. It has evolved into a mixed martial art, which is essentially its own martial art that mixes all of them. And yeah, but, no, uh, I, I know that he just said scientist, and I pictured Con- Conor McGregor <laughs> in a lab coat. <laughs> Revealing with, hate, with, no, sh- with no shirt underneath and yeah. the short shorts. Yeah, <laughs> walking from each la- from each uh, container with on the billionaire strut. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I need to go to this bagger. <laughs> this anyway, <laughs> this bagger. Before, what am I talking? About? Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, I remember watching that tape and seeing like a dude's nose caved in, like for real, on a VHS tape, and being like just. I actually had a little bit of like that that sickening feeling, like yeah, when you see like real, stomach. where you see real gore, mm. because it was sho- it was fucking shocking. I think I might have been about thirteen or fourteen when I saw when I saw that. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, <laughs> Alex has a. a <laughs> That's giant- why you're the way you are. 
I mean, yeah, and all the movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, his mum's concerned because he's got a fucked up shoulder, but Alex has nothing. Competing was the only thing that made him feel. Some acting, a little bit of Oscar clip. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. the, um, what about your son? What about my son? <laughs> like, he just doesn't give a shit. But then he, he asks his son's permission to do it. Yeah, yeah which, which is cute. cute as he's reading him a, a King Arthur story. And uh, that, um, that cardigan, that jumper with no shirt, whew, that's a strong look. That is a very strong look. No, you guys didn't notice. Sorry, I'm just. I didn't pick up dream. on that. That's fine. He's that's, a dream. that's what you're here for. Is the <laughs> is the objectification of both men and women with mostly the men. Yeah, mostly men. I'm sorry, yeah. I can't help it. Yeah, uh, this movie has some serious male on male gaze. Yeah, it does. Later on, we'll talk about it. Walter is played by Eden Gross, who is the voice of good guy dolls in the Child's Play movies what? one through three. Are you serious? He's you not the voice me. of Chucky. You don't. As in Chucky? You don't know Chucky? Oh, yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah, so the okay. Child's Play movies. That's what Oh, yes. Sorry. So with Chucky, he's the voice of the good guy dolls. So, so he's the voice of Chucky? No, he's the voice of- Oh, when they're good the guys. good guy dolls. Right. Hmm. Yeah, Brad Dourif is the voice of, is the voice of Chucky. Of Chucky. Right, and so he's the actual- Because like, he's- I want to be a, your friend. Yeah, I mean, I'll be your friend to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Is Chucky the one where the crim gets murdered and goes into the doll's body? Yep. Okay. Uses I've vo- seen bits of uses it. Uses Charles Lee Ray. He uses voodoo to, to put his soul into a, into yeah, a doll. Yeah, that's right. I have seen bits of it. Yeah. I, I fought against watching that movie for obvious reasons for <laughs> yeah. a long time. Kira loves teddy bears. I do. All toys. But eventually we did watch them. And I wasn't a huge fan of the first movie, but they get ridiculously more wacky they're, they're as they go fun, on. Yeah. To Ira once, they get, once they get wackier, I'm good with it. <laughs> I love to... I love to I actually didn't see the first one until very, very later, uh, much later. I, but I saw the second one and the third one when I was a small child. Um, and then the fourth one, um, is, which is the one that you liked, is the comedy one. It's the first yeah. comedy. It's the first one not called Child's Play. Yeah. And it's the, it's the comedy one. And its name is escaping me right now because it's Sunday and it's Bride of Chucky. Bride of Chucky. Yeah. Yep. The wackiest it's one. The, yeah. Kira was like, and the this remake is great. Is even They're so adorable. Yeah, I was kind of at the end. I was happy for the doll to just kill people yeah, because and, the doll was cute. And, <laughs> and, and controversially, I think the remake is fucking great. Yeah, it's not mm. that bad. I liked yeah. it. There's a the rights to Chucky are complicated. Child's Play and Chucky owned by MGM, but but um, Chucky is also owned by Don Mancini, who's the creator. There's split rights because of the way mm. the first movie was made. So there is two competing versions of Chucky in the universe. MGM did a remake, yeah. did a remake um, reboot, and they went a different path. Chucky is like an AI that goes crazy, and it's it's really funny. Um, and then there's also a continuation. They're still making movies, and there's a TV show. Um, there's a continuation of the original original timeline. So there's kind of like two Chuckies in the world. Does. They should fight. Um, <laughs> and I, I went into the remake expecting to fucking hate it. Like I was like, this movie doesn't need to exist. Don Man- Everything should be yeah. Don Mancini, blah, blah. And then it charmed the fuck out of me. That's awesome. Anyway. Um, yeah, they talk about how long Alex, we are just, this is just so yeah. many tangents. So sidetracked. So many tangents. We have to talk about the actual movie. So um, Walter tells him that he better, that it's okay if he goes, but he better win. And bring him back the medal. Yeah, because he wants the medal. It's, again, it's cute, sweet. It's built on that relationship. Mm. Um, in South Korea, we, in Korean, the their coach selects the team and we get our, um, at least the visual inter- introduction of Dae Han, who's yeah. the bad guy. Who we know is going to be the bad guy because... 
He's got an eye wearing patch. an eye yeah. patch. <laughs> How else could you know that a, someone is a bad guy if they're not wearing an eye patch? Yeah. yeah. I'm I mean, sure. I mean, Kurt Russell's a good guy in Escape from LA. He's got an eye patch. Yeah, but he's a badass. Oh, he is too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kurt Russell. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we're establishing how formidable the Korean team is. So in South Korea, uh, if you're a man, I have to do mandatory military service. Mm. And part of doing mandatory military service is learning Taekwondo. So everybody learns is that true? Taekwondo. Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's so their, their competing team are all just chosen from the military. Well, from not necessarily specifically from the military, but people that do have done Taekwondo forever. Mm. It is part of the culture that if you are a man in South Korea, you learn Taekwondo because of your military service. Because I if they still do that. Because they're technically still at war with North Korea. Uh, but like, is that so? I, is that still the law now? I'm not sure if it's changed. I didn't look at. I didn't look it up. Surely they would There's be learning as, like a, a hybrid Taekwondo where they learn. Also, like, there's less oh, like yeah, hand-to-hand they, combat these days. Yeah, but it's still important. Yeah, but it's still yeah, it is still important. Um, so yeah, yeah. So are they learning it from when they're kids? Yeah, yeah. Most most people that start, um, I think there's a there's a joke in another movie that I'm going to spoil, but there's a joke in another movie about how someone has shitty form because they started when they were when they were six. <laughs> they should have started when they were four. Yeah, because in in a lot of a lot of uh, that martial arts culture, you start from being a very very small small child. Which yeah. um, Tommy Ree or Tommy Lee, um, what's his There's real a, name? Uh, Philip Philip Ree. Philip Ree and Tommy Lee is yes. his character name. Yeah. He talks yeah. about that. He later. says that he starts when he's four. Yeah. yeah. So at, at the American tryouts, we start kind of bringing the team together. We get a montage of everybody. Kind of uh, everybody has kind of bits. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we get introduced to, to Chris Penn walking around in his cowboy outfit with his boombox, James L. Jones as coach um, and his assistant, Coach Cuso and his assistant Don, uh, played by Tom Everett. Um, you know, uh, we get a little, we get some bits. Alex wants to borrow a tape from Travis and Travis won't give it to him and then and then Tommy gives it to him. Uh, Virgil wins a fight. Alex has a fight. Um, this is where Eric Roberts has his, his top knot. He has a really interesting fighting stance. Yeah. It's just very specific. It's such a very specific choice. The thing where he's got his hands up and then they start the fight and he goes into this. He does yeah. a kickboxing start. It is. Then, yeah. It's a little bit Muay Thai. Yeah. yeah. Um, he what, doesn't look like he has the best balance in that stance. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that stance generally is because you can like block your like lower body with your knee and kind of like kick mm. at the same time. But- I, I tend to think from watching him throughout the movie that he was just the direction was just pretend you're doing martial arts and then no, at the key point they you, trained yeah yeah because he feel does it. these things with his hands and it's like he definitely looks like he's just like feel, flailing I mean, about so we can talk a little bit later about how um, how much ability some of these people have yeah for yeah. Taekwondo but um, but Eric Roberts apparently worked his worked his ass off well it shows in, in his training scenes yeah, so, yeah but um so he but Alex is using um throws which are not karate yeah um uh, or Taekwondo they're hapkido throws hapkido and judo hapkido. And judo okay. judo throws um and Philip Ree talks with with Scott Atkins about how they wanted the fighting to be more cinematic so they mixed. 
taekwondo, hapkido, and judo with the elbows and knees of of, of Mutai. Yeah, wow. very cool. So that's so they wanted that mix. So they were trying to do something. They knew that because taekwondo is mostly kicking, right? There's not a lot of there is some striking um, in taekwondo, but not a lot of striking. So they they wanted to mix all that stuff together to make something different. Is um, karate the one that translates to the way of the foot or something like that? No, that's or kicking of feet and the way of the foot. The way of the foot is from the Foot Clan from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm getting confused. No, no, no. It's like kicking and punching or something like that. It's yeah, it's close to that. Yeah, Yeah, um, empty hand or something or something striking with an empty hand or something like that. Again. Who knows? Side There's probably city. things that we just learned from martial arts movies, Brody, that, <laughs> that are really insulting to anybody who's a practitioner of karate. True. Sonny and Virgil have a little bit of banter. Their dialogue is really hard to hear on the VHS. I don't know if you got if you got it was quieter. Anything. Yeah, I, I got it. They were having a bit of back and forth. You well, know, <laughs> like a, oh, I'm Italian. Oh, I'm Italian. Oh, yeah, and I was Buddhist. Yeah, before that though, Sonny says to uh, Virgil that Travis probably wasn't breastfed. <laughs> and Vir- Virgil then mentions that breastfeeding is high in iron and he was fond of it as a child and then Sonny tells him he's still fond of it <laughs> <laughs> there is some there Did is some wild and very questionable dialogue in, yeah. this, in, this, in this movie um, this whole tournament is a fucking mess it's a tryout yeah yeah this whole tryout is a mess like there's so many things going on and it's just from cut to cut like it, it, it's there's no we just see them showing off in bits and pieces it has what it needs yeah but it's not it's so messy this whole scene yeah 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 i'd, I'd agree with you but i think it also just does the job so um sunny's matched up against travis he, uh, travis loses and argues with the ref but coach is impressed because he's a fighter mm. um and then tommy wins uh philip ray has has some moves he's like the real martial artist in the in the movie like that dude can really you see him get some air a lot of the yeah, time it's great. He's fucking impressive he's, impre- yeah. he's fun to watch he talks about on the on the podcast he talks about um lines and what he means by that is is when you're kicking extending your foot as far as reaching with your foot as far as you can to create a line so that the so that it looks beautiful and i completely agree with him that is cool. it's, a, it's beautiful to watch it's like dance when he's when he's doing martial doing martial arts there are a couple of times i don't know if you guys spotted this i could be talking out of my ass but I swear, like, a couple of the Korean team from later in the movie are, like, in the background fighting in this scene. I didn't notice that, but it would... There's it one would, guy with, like, a mustache, and I swear I've seen him in other films, but there's I a think few, he's in the few stunties in this. a few stunties of martial arts guys that are in this movie than yeah. in other movies. And, yeah, there's every chance that they're snuck into the background. Yeah, okay. Because they need bodies or something. Yeah. Um, we get a montage of the team. Travis kicks a guy who's not who's bowing, which, like, no... If yeah. you do martial arts, you're done. You're out. Like you don't that. Yeah. Nope. It's a code of honor. Yeah, that's really shit. Yeah, and then Tommy's got this this um hook kick that completely just murks a dude. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. when he just kills him. It's great. I love it. I love it when stunties take actual hits. Frank presents his team list to Jennings, who's a sponsor. Yeah, that's what it it's seems like. It's a weird like. role. He's like, I... The business end He's of the it. business the business end of it. Is there a business end to this? I guess they're going on a tour, I guess. Yeah. Well, I suppose that, like, this would be, say, like, uh, a team for, like, the Olympic team or something like that. There's it's, definitely, like, probably a, a, a business it's, manager. It's not. The movie... 
doesn't really talk about what this. It's an invitational tournament. It's yeah, not, which, it's not, again, did I watch the movie? I had no idea we weren't going to the Olympics until like three quarters. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not the Olympics. It's not like the Asian Games or Asia Games. It's not the Commonwealth Games. It's over oh, America wouldn't be that anyway. Anyway, but it's just an invitational tournament, oh, yeah. which makes sense because you can't. It's it's not like the Olympics is going to be like yeah, put our logo everywhere. It's not yeah. how the, Olymp- the Olympics works. And also, they would have had to fight more than just one team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. Um, Jennings expresses doubt uh, about Alex being on the team because of his past injury, but Frank's a hard ass and is like, "This is this is my team." We get the selection ceremony and we get proper introductions to everybody by name as they're chosen and, and kind of brought up. That is helpful. When he was showing, when they were talking about um, Brady getting his ass kicked, I was like, "Grady, Grady, yeah. sorry, Grady." Brady, I missed it the whole film. Alex Grady. <laughs> did I watch the film? Um, I don't know, Brody. Did you watch the film? <laughs> My question was like, wouldn't they chase down the guy that gave Grady the ass whooping and put him on the team? Oh, but it could have happened in like you can get injured in a in any kind of situation. But the guy says, "You guys, are you sure about this Grady kid? He got his ass handed to him basically and got injured pretty bad." Yeah. Well, the guy who did that also could have retired by now. Like, you don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a thousand reasons why, but yeah, anyway. Mm. And th- it was at this point in the movie I noticed the Casio keyboard score. The score is real cheap. The Casio keyboard score? It sounds score. like there's a, it's a synth keyboard. Yeah, no, I know what it is. And No, 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 the, like I'm saying, it's oh, a synth right. keyboard score and it is so cheap and distracting. Mm. There are moments where... There are moments that are maybe the moments we're going to talk about later that you were like, that you were maybe not a fan of or you felt brought down the movie and I think they were cheapened by the score. The score is not good. So what you're saying is you don't want this one on vinyl? No, I most definitely do not want this uh, score on vinyl. There's a couple of okay songs. I think some of the songs work better. Mm. So, yeah. I think this movie suffered from the same thing that Iron Eagle suffered from. A lot of shit was said... A couple of times, a lot of shit was unnecessary, and yeah, I just feel like those those beats that should have helped the movie build were felt like something that I was like, I would be happy with this not to be included. Um, yeah, I think I agree. I think that I kind of agree with you, um, but again, for a very specific reason that I'm saving for later. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Alex is is pumped that he made the team. <laughs> Um, he does a little like yeah yeah it's, yeah it's one of those I was waiting for you yeah. to, to point to there's point a, that out. oh there's so many there's so I can't I can't list them all I should have listed them all because there are so many where I it's list- just like a close up shot and them going yes <laughs> assistant Don tries to get everybody's attention but the boys are all too excited uh, excited and then coach comes in like a fucking hurricane like a fucking the badass he is with that yeah. fucking baritone fellas fellas can I can I get Anybody that a member of this team or its staff? We're dismissed. Okay. Listen. My name is Frank Cuso. To you, I'm either Coach or Mr. Cuso. Yeah, he's just such a hot ass. Yeah. It's great. It's I've like- never seen him play such a like aggressive character. Like in Coming to America, he's a little bit of like a, a jerky kind of guy but who has some warmth. But this is just like, all I care about is winning. Yeah, he's got he's, – he's, uh, I said this last week about Lewis Gossett Jr. Like he's got power that he can turn on. Mm. Like he, he can go from he can go from like friendly to fired up 
like real quick. And when he gets mad, you do not want him yelling yelling at you. Yeah, and it's it's just he's just amazing. He's just. Agreed. Yeah, he's great. Um, <laughs> no women, no booze, no drugs. And then he follows that up by saying, "You guys might get laid when they go out to town." <laughs> yeah, yeah. confuse me. Uh, like it ends up making sense because I guess what he meant was like this will be like your last chance for that because once we go off to training, you won't. It have definitely that. sends a mixed but message because it was like two seconds ago that he's like no women, no alcohol, no drugs, and then then it's just like yeah, you might get laid. Yeah, very uh, very confusing. What? What rules are they meant to follow? <laughs> well, they're going to eat, sleep, and shit competition. Yeah, they are. Um, he has two rules. Don't be late, and they need to function as a team. There are only two other rules. Number one, don't be late. Don't ever be late. It shows disrespect to me, to the sport, and to your teammates. Two, we expect you to function as a team. I'll say this only once. A team is not a team if you don't give a damn about one another. Teams are so important. Th- yeah, this this scene in particular showed how fucking bad the VHS was because, like, all the grain and shit over the film. Did you not see that? Why specifically at this moment? Because yeah, like I mean, the whole I, I movie, think, I <laughs> the whole movie like terrible. the lockers in the background or something like oh, that. Oh, there were too much visual information. Big chunks of grain yeah. and like. Ah, right. Yeah, right. Okay. Really, I did not really notice, notice that, but I believe you. Mm. Um, so he's going to own them for the next three months, and they're going to go straight from tryouts to fight camp. They don't get to like go home and get, get a bag stuff. or. <laughs> I okay. guess they brought all their stuff with them. Yeah, uh, James Earl Jones is just having a great is just having a great time. Um, and so, yeah, Scott Adkins asked him how how the fuck they got James Earl Jones in the movie. Like, how did that happen? Um, because at that point, he's a like this is a, a fairly low budget, uh, you know, uh, drama martial arts movie. Like, how do you score James Earl Jones? Apparently, James Earl Jones just really loved the story and just decided to do it because he loved the, loved the story. So, okay, he's a sweet man and. To be honest, the ending makes it a very good story. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they're going to get one last wild night on the town supervised by, by Don. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's that you get one go and then after that, no women. Yeah. <laughs> and no booze and no drugs. It was just not made clear. Imagine if, like, real Olympic athletes were like that, where instead of, like. Well, they are afterwards. Well, no, what the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Olympic Village. In the Olympic Village. After, you, after, yeah. you've, after you've, you've, you've done the train. Or after you've bowed out or you've won a medal. Well, yeah, it's, it's notorious. It's yeah. notorious. <laughs> I don't want to go too far. Think about it, I say this, I've said this to Kira before. Think about it. Like you, you, you've probably been training since you were a teenager. You've had like all of this focus. Your whole life energy, controlled. Whole life controlled yeah. and regimented and segmented into this, this one thing. And then you win the gold. And you're done and you can relax and you are suddenly surrounded by some of the hottest people, hottest, fittest people on the planet. Yeah. From all over the world. Yeah. And, and you've it's got like, nothing to do for you got two nothing weeks. To do for, yeah. Nothing to do 100%. for that closing ceremony. 100%. You get drunk and fuck around. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, so Jennings uh, wants Frank to meet Wade. A sensei with a new book about the power of the mind, and Frank isn't interested, but he doesn't have a but he doesn't have a choice. And in the hotel, 
where the boys are going to be staying for the for the training camp. So yeah, the boys settle into their rooms with their new roomies. Uh, Travis is uh, racist as fuck to Tommy. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. bad. Yeah, but of and, the time, I suppose, of, of and he's time, representing a character. Yeah, he's representing a type that I'm sure Philip Ree would have encountered in real life. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So I think that it, that's what that that's what that is. And he's writing about his real experiences, and it's very likely that was someone on his team that was like that. Oh, yeah. But he had to just grit his teeth and bear it and win them over. Yeah, he does talk a little bit on the podcast, uh, the Art of Action podcast, about some of his experiences of racism and how that inspires the plot of Best of the Best 3. Knowing uh. knowing there's a true story behind this is mm. actually gives it a lot more depth, which mm. I, I appreciate. Yeah, um, Alex and Tommy are pretty fast friends. Uh, Alex is a single dad and his wife dies. That's a trip. Yeah, trip, 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 trip. And Sonny's roomed with Don, the assistant coach, who's using data analytics, and he has stats on every fighter in the world. I don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that feels like a stretch. Yeah. Uh, Travis, we find out Travis is from Miami. Are there a lot of cows in Miami? Miami love muscle. Yeah, I did find that odd. He's a cowboy from Miami. He should be from Texas. Well, they're training in Texas. Yeah. But like I, Fake cowboy. yeah, maybe he's like I don't know from the southern part of Florida. I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> I don't know. he's rooming with Virgil, who's meditating. Uh, Travis wants him to come out. This, what was these that line? Lines, what man? was that line? So Travis, I was, had to rewind it. I did too, and I still didn't understand yeah. what was okay, happening. So Travis um, tells him to come out because there's going to be like uh, you know hot young women around. Yeah, and then he says, "We're talking about inner and outer labia here." That sent a well, shiver the, down both mine and This is the second week in a row where I've had to talk about, I mean, I've already talked about labia on the pod. <laughs> I never thought that there would be a lot of labia on the pod, <laughs> but there is. But like, that's the line it's that so, convinces him. And I really dug Virgil as a character. I mean, Virgil said that line, didn't he? No, Travis He repeated Travis's Travis line. Oh, Travis said it first and then, and then he, he says he, it back? He repeats yeah. it, yeah. I only heard Virgil say it's it. It's such a strangely specific anatomical way to talk about (laughs) women. It's a fucking weird fucked up line that like I feel like is of the time because like all those things that like there's lines like this that come out in movies like that. I don't know if it is because it's so scientifically accurate. Like (laughs) that's my that's my hang up on on this line. Anatomical language. Anatomical language which is very that nobody would ever say to another person. It's so unnatural. It's so weird. Like like get some pussy yeah. Right. Or whatever the the eighties variation of that of that is. Yeah. Right. Um. Uh. I, there's one in the Warriors. Strange wool. It's always <laughs> stuck in my. So it's one of those things that just it's just stuck in there somewhere floating yeah, around. Yeah. Because <laughs> because it's just so weird. Right. So there are yeah. so many nicknames that exist for that part of a, a woman's You can anatomy. say any words in a certain tone, hoo-ha. and it means that. We'll go yeah. get us some hoo ha. Yeah. <laughs> He's a cowboy. Yeah, anything. Yeah, it feels like a cowboy. Also, like he's not an intelligent. Like he would. I don't feel like he would be that scientifically or anatomically. No, because he's crude. Because he's a crude. It honestly feels unless he was saying that because of who he was talking to. Because of his talking, he's adjusting his language. And so he went too far that way. Interesting. (laughs) It's just. It's very. That makes the most sense to me. That that actually kind of makes sense. I'm trying to get this guy. I'll be like super specific. (laughs) But like, oh yeah, it's just super weird. Super, super weird. Oh, but I, I, And I can't believe that was the thing that convinced him. Like, I love that scene of him, like, 
meditating and then like him trying to fake him out and like scare him. And then the thing that gets him is inner and outer labia. Weird. Very strange. Yeah, it's very strange because it's essentially just saying they'll have vaginas. (laughs) Women have vaginas. You know that, right? Did you you know? I told you there'd be women there. They'll have vaginas. Like what? (laughs) At the bar, everyone's having a nice time hanging out and bonding. Uh, Sonny's playing pool with some locals, including a big dude named Bert. Travis is Bert. The good, yeah, the big dude's named Bert. Yep. There's a specific reason I'm mentioning his name, so yes. that when I refer to him later, you two know who he is. Bert. Um, Travis to a girl walking into the bathroom. Are you going number one or number two? Yeah, oh, right. What kind of pickup line is that? Again. What the fuck? Travis is fucked. He just does not know how to speak to people. Yeah. He doesn't know how to be a person. He's from Miami. <laughs> well, what did what response could he have possibly expected yeah, to how that? Is that? Like, how are you ever going to pick up a woman saying that? <laughs> yeah, it's real strange. Yep, uh, I mean, Virgil meets a girl. Yeah, pours, yes. pours his Irish coffee on her, and then asks her if it's. I, I missed asks, that. I was making a note about the number one. Number two. Does he do it on purpose? No. So he accidentally spills no, it. No, yeah. So he okay, okay. And then he spills. makes a joke about the Irish coffee should hmm. be hot. Yeah, to the bartender. Yeah. Yeah, but he's just, it's just a joke. But I yeah. love the, I thought you were serious. No, I'm Virgil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Such a dad Virgil, Virgil's smooth. Yeah. yeah. That was cute. Uh, Tommy, Tommy and Alex are just kind of watching, being amused by everything. Uh, Don brought his computer to the bar. Yeah. I love, the, yeah, I love that as characters we have, um, oh, what's Grady's first name? Alex. Alex. Alex and Tommy just sitting at the bar chatting. Yeah. Like that's that's very cool. That was the first hint I think of me going, oh, there's no one protagonist here. Because I kept thinking it was Grady, but then they kept pulling us towards Tommy and I was like, uh, who's the protagonist? Who are we, like who's our main person? Mm-hmm. So it kind of flips its head by the end of the mm-hmm. movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you grinning at me for? Uh, I'm just... We'll talk about that later. Okay, okay. Uh, so, yeah, um, Travis is hitting on uh, Bert's girl, the guy that was playing pool with Sonny earlier. Uh, Alex goes to call his mum so he can talk to, to Walter. Coach sneaks into the bar. Co- co- coach arrives. Um, is he sneaking? He doesn't make a fuss he doesn't. Himself. He's not drawing attention right. to himself. He's trying to give some, the boys some space to be the boys. Right. Travis to the girl, where do you live, Kelly? Her response about a drink away. Oh. <laughs> Okay. There's some again, questionable dialogue. Low in the mix. Yeah. Very low in the mix. Um, Bert is pissed off. The reason that I have name-checked Bert three times already is because Bert is played by Kane fucking Hodder. Who's that? You guys don't know. Jason fucking Voorhees. Oh! oh dick. No wonder he gives such little fucks about chicks when he is so aggressive <laughs> to them later. Yeah, he played Jason four times from Jason uh, 7, the, part 7, The New Blood, all the way through to Jason X. He is widely loved as the best Jason. Yeah. Um, Is this the one that replaced the original, yeah? No, Jason was played by a different person for every movie until like, until Kane Hodder. Oh, okay. Uh, Oh no, that there might've been one actor that played him twice before, but generally it was, it was always a different person or a stuntman or there's all kinds of stuff. Um, The guy that played Jason in uh, Jason Lives, my favorite movie brought on, after they cast a stuntman who was terrible and there's a sequence where it's the stuntman and Jason is walking like fucking Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> it's horrendous. He went for a certain direction. Anyway, um, uh, Kane Hodder is also in Best of the Best 2 and 3. 
in different roles. It's just oh, okay. out. he's also a stunt performer, right? So yeah, he sure. appears in all kinds of stuff and he's still still floating around. Kane Hodder is an absolute fucking legend. Um, so for this moment where he punches a woman in the face. Well, yeah, that's where we get to next. We get a good old fashioned bar fight with some um, some pretty nice stunt work. Um, Such yeah. a good scene. Yeah, it's Such great. a good it's really, scene. It's really fun. It's it's like a classic. Yeah. It's a classic they get into a fun bar fight, a fun bar fight. The way they did this was great. I almost wanted more of it and make it even sillier mm. to have Grady on the phone, the coach sitting at the bar, like dodging shit. Drinking his cognac. Yeah. <laughs> sipping his cognac. It's either cognac or sherry, but it's a very tiny glass of, of red liquid that he is sipping. Yeah. So he, so the fight starts by, uh, uh, what's our, what's our asshole? But, but yeah, punch goes to punch Travis and punches yeah, a girl in the Travis face. Travis dodges instead. it and he punches his girlfriend in the face. And then when they're trying to get out without causing trouble, um, our man, uh, Tommy Lee kicks someone's cigarette out of their mouth like a fucking badass. <laughs> Which is also like a classic thing. Like that is in other movies as well. Yeah, it's awesome. But it's- So um, fucking cool. Yeah, he does like a, he does a, a sidekick and kicks the cigarette. To be like, and the, we're and fucking, the, we're fucking boss. Don't then, mess with us. And then the guy's not really impressed by it. The yeah. guy who kicks the cigarette. <laughs> uh, the guy who gets the cigarette sicked out of his mouth is kind of like, oh, that was impressive. <laughs> or whatever the line is. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, and then a bar fight ensues, and it's slapsticky almost. It's fucking it's awesome. It's great. There's some really good stuff in it. Yeah, they and they cut to Alex um, telling Walter that he can't drive the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Tommy flips a dude into a pinball machine, and it's a real pinball machine, and Rough. it's fucking great. Mm. Um, and um, the boys kind of there is a bunch of cool stunts. There's a side. Tommy does a sidekick. It's all mostly Tommy does the, the cool stunts. Yeah. Tommy does a sidekick and kicks a, a stunt guy through a doorway. That's pretty. That's pretty good. There's some other bits and there's some other bits and pieces. Eric Roberts is kind of like when he leaves the phone and joins the bar. There's this badass kind of like slow steady, mo kick. It's a, no, no. It's a steady cam. There's a steady cam shot that's kind of following him as he swaggers in and does this um does this kind of like lariat knife edge chop against a dude like clotheslines yeah. clotheslines a guy. Oh, I wish, yes, the, shot, wish yes. the shot was longer because they cut it too soon. They cut it to another angle. But it's just got this yeah, it's like- It's a bit of a buckshot lariat. It's a little bit of a buckshot lariat for those that are- Wrestling like, term, is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but he does this cool, cool move. Like it's like a really, it's one of those moments where in a movie like this, which is a, a you know a lower budget martial art movie, the craft sometimes is a little bit all over the place. The filmmaking is a yeah. little bit all over the place because, and also like this guy- that's directing it, Bob Radlett's his first it's his first movie. But occasionally there's like a, a shot that's like, holy fuck. Like they like they, they found something and that shot of, of Eric Roberts walking in and um clothesline that guy. I was like, wow. Yeah, like, it was fucking yeah. powerful. Yep. Um and the boys kind of continue to take care of business until coach rounds them up and out and out the and out the door. No, isn't it the slow-mo kick that Grady does at the end? Put someone through a glass Oh yeah, he kicks him through. Yeah, but the coach and then like coach, poses there, and then the coach is like, "All right, that's enough." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he he rounds them up and and they and they head out. The next day, we meet Wade. She's a girl. <gasps> Shock, Shock horror. <laughs> and that would be uh, Sally Kirkland as Wade. Very beautiful. Coach is not impressed and doesn't want help from a woman. He doesn't say that. No, she says it for him. Yes. Yes, he doesn't. He doesn't say that, which I feel like was James Earl Jones going. I don't want to say that in a movie. I think it's probably just the script. I think, I think the movies are written. I write and, stories in my head, okay? <laughs> I give everything just a because you Just because you take the shit that I give you and turn it into your own narrative doesn't make it any better. 
Um, yeah, uh, but I love the line. Look, your modern high-tech equipment will mean shit if they don't have the right mental attitude with my meditation or some, some bullshit like that. Excuse me for saying so, Coach, but without my help, all of your modern training techniques and high-tech equipment won't mean shit. I mean, she's not wrong. Uh, I mean... Fighting is fighting and martial arts are as much mental as they are as they are as they are physical. I agree, but like to assume that a coach who's used to turning people into champions has no component of mental uh, training. Do we need to talk about how the fuck James L. Jones is the coach of the of the American karate team? <laughs> because it doesn't look like James L. Jones has ever done karate in his life. That is true. He doesn't I hadn't know thought karate. about it. He turns people into champions. How did he get into this? <laughs> it's so true. And how is he the coach of this team? It is interesting that they don't have a single coach who looks like they could do any of the moves. Yeah, no, but not even a little bit. Coaches, it, you know why? Because I feel like he's modeled after like a basketball coach. Yeah, yeah. Like he's modeled after he's modeled after that kind of coach, right? Yeah, not. And I mean, a lot of basketball coaches play, but come from basketball. But there's yeah. also basketball coaches that that don't. They're just guys that think about the game. Right? Yeah. But like a lot of coaching, even in NFL as well. Like a coach will have a good program, doesn't necessarily like plays the sport. You know, they tend to have come through. They tend to. They, I mean, yeah, but they also tend to have like come through, come through it, and either had a short career or not, bit not a big career, yeah, and okay. realized that they were better at coaching than they were at physically doing. Well, them, we get no thing. backstory on James. We don't. We don't. We we just don't. Have started but yeah, we need it doesn't. It? Do we yeah, need it? He's it, the coach. Can you imagine even a young uh, James? Old I could. He was I'm very well. There's photos of him. There's photos He's of him felt. on like um yeah. There's photos of him that I've seen. The black and white photos of him doing uh, like a stage from Shakespeare as a mm. stage play. And he was hot. Yeah, he's that doesn't a mean that he man. looks like he could. But, he, I mean, like also, he was, he was, you know, physically a much a much uh, more svelte man than, yeah. than he is at this stage mm-hmm. of his the life. The only career. inclination we get of him not being able to do karate is when she when when Wade says she has a black belt and yeah. can like beat him up, and he's like, oh, okay, fair enough. Well, she doesn't quite say that. She says she was yeah. raised in the Far East and trained in Buddhism, Hinduism, yoga, and meditation. And she manages to smash the smash the blocks. But the thing is, yeah, she is the only one that looks like it would be fair enough for their coach not to be able to do it if they had other coaches that looked like they could. Yeah, yeah. My Whereas they do have, they have training. There is like tra- unintroduced training training partners yeah. and trainers. So yeah. I guess that's the so answer maybe. to that. You know. My my. But she ass- looks like she could do it, and it turns out she can. Yeah, my assumption is that he's one of those coaches that. Is like an, he's just you know, an Olympic coach or something like that. You know, he just yeah. is a coach. Mm. Yeah, and so they've only got three months to train, and the South Korean team's been training their entire lives. They could have started earlier. <laughs> they could have. Like, were, were they running late? <laughs> Did they not know that this invitation, like, the, they'd missed the email? Yeah, I mean, email doesn't really the exist yet, but they letter. missed the email. It was in the it was in their spam folder, and then they were like, "Fuck, we've got three months." It's what it seems like. Yep. Sure, surely they would have been given more time. Well, maybe the invitation for the invitational was only sent out a month ago. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> anyway, it takes um, time to organize a tournament and tryouts, guys. <laughs> Cut them some slack. Day one of training, um, they've warm up jackets, but they don't get them until they're a team. <laughs> yeah. I thought that there would be like a big moment for that. Yeah, they said something's it up. coming. They, they set it up. Yeah. They do not pay it off. They yes. massively set yeah. it up. Yes, and that was what I was going to say to you at the start. Yeah. They don't They don't earn that moment. Uh, I think maybe they cut it out. 
think oh. they might have cut it out or just oh. didn't get to it. I thought you were going to say there was a reason for it. No, I, I, oh. I just think that I think that they that they should not have cut it out. If they no. shot it, they should have kept yeah, it. Yeah, they absolutely mm. should because have. they set that up massively. And then the, is, I only okay, noticed so is, that this I noticed was when long um, though, right? So um, I get it's cutting it for just, time. It's, I think it's an hour forty minutes. There are other things that you could cut for yeah, time. But yeah, but there, there is a. I have, I have a feeling about something. Okay. That is later. There's later on, so we'll okay. get into it a little bit more later. Later on, because the because uh, the way it ends up playing is just that uh, at some point, I think Alex is wearing the jacket, and it's like, oh, they have the jackets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this training scene. Uh, oh wait, you're going to talk about how who him talking to them first. Sorry. No, that's it. That's all I've got about that. He doesn't. That's that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so the, the we get our first kind of laps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We get our first kind of training. And they're like very shocked training. about how much they're going to have to run. <laughs> they're running, like uh, uh, Tommy Lee runs like an actual athlete, but um, our man Grady runs so weird and awkward. I don't know if you notice. He's like running yeah. like this, <laughs> and. Uh, he, I was, he runs like a classically tra- trained theatre actor. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I don't know how much theatre Eric Roberts did, but yeah, that's what kind of what it looks like. But like, and, Chris, I was, and they're hiding Chris Penn in the back. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, um, and I was informed that this is one of the reasons why Will Smith made his son when he made his film debut train with a professional runner, so he didn't look like that on screen. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's a fucking thing. I, like, think, yeah. my, I think most people, if you showed them film of them running would be like no, no. I don't run like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> People just so have no so like self like self awareness and self control of your body is a is a is a skill you have to develop that. Yeah, that's one of the things that martial arts teaches you, right? But um, Who, yeah. whoever's looking through that camera though, doesn't he just go like soft note? Like maybe run a little bit more, like drop <sighs> your arms a, a little bit. It's a relatively low budget. Yeah, true. Okay. They um, may have tried. Yeah, true. This might be as good as it gets. <laughs> yeah, they're doing sit-ups with punches. The the, the count that the trainers are doing is like 200 and something or 100 and something. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Um, are those abs though? Maybe. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember which training montage it is, but in one of them. there are in, several. Yeah, in one of them, there's a guy, one of the guys is doing sit-ups but he's hanging off the back of another man. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. it's later. <laughs> yeah, it's later. What, what is that training exactly? Like, is the other man training getting so anything out of no, that? No, it's just so it looks good on camera. Okay, it did not look good on camera. It looked really weird. Yeah. So Wade, um, they have a little. They're having kind of a little session with with Wade, and she tells them that talent isn't enough. She's going to work on their concentration. It's the final conditioning that they need to win. And she quotes uh, Vince Lombardi: "The mm. winning is a habit." Uh, Lombardi was an NFL coach who never had a losing record in all of his years. Really? I didn't know that. He won 73.8% of the games that he coached coached as an NFL coach. Oh. Wow. Like, dude knew what the fuck he was talking about. That Hectic. is impressive. Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. And thank you to the internet for telling me that information. <laughs> because I was like, I know his name, but I don't know a lot about him, and now I do. <laughs> in the hotel, um, Alex and Tommy, yeah, they talk about the fact that Tommy started training when he was four. And Alex asks Tommy if he has any brothers or sisters and he abruptly says no and turns off the light. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we cut to... <laughs> we cut to South Korea. I patch guy. And it's at this point I thought that was his brother. Right. Um, and <laughs> That's interesting. Um, and um, at a temple we see two massive doors open to reveal the South Korean team training. Who opened those doors and why? There's no one walking in and out of them. It's purely so that the camera can see them. 
which I don't care about. I just, it's just, I just, it's, it's just fun. This is what it's one of those things that we accept in like nobody ever thinks about it. Yeah. You just accept it in cinema because it's how we do things. We're doing it's a the camera. Dr- move. We're doing a dramatic reveal mm. of through yeah. the through the these giant doors of the team training. Yeah, and there doesn't need to be a reason. For no, it. absolutely but not. But it's entertaining when you think about it. Mm. Absolutely, and we get a kind of in, we get an intercut sequence of of the Koreans training, the Americans training, where none of the Americans know how to use a fucking jump rope. Did you yeah, see them I, all? I'm sure like, that's on purpose, though. It, that would have had is, to have been. It is for a reason. It is f- because later they're good at it. Yeah, and we need to see them grow. Right. <laughs> And they chose that they skill chose to be that, there. Like, it's Rocky. It's Rocky chasing the chicken, right? Yeah, but it because makes Rocky sense eventually for him to be catches not, the chicken because he got faster. That's fine, but th- that's fine because you not many and people I'm, have ever tried to catch a chicken before. What I'm, yeah. saying, what I'm saying is that Rocky chasing a chicken and catching it makes more sense than this jump rope. Yes, <laughs> because how they're professional athletes. Yep. How have they never tried to jump rope before? People who pick up a jump rope for the first time, children. Can do it pretty. Catch it, catch on pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, um, the Koreans. My niece can jump rope. Yeah, yeah. She's four. Again, again they've got three months to be well, the Koreans. It's a good age to start training. She obviously has uh, one skill yeah. down pat. I should get her into. I need to get her into training right now. Yeah, because she's going to beat that Korean team. She needs to start now. <laughs> um, the Koreans are doing push-ups on their knuckles, which is how I was taught to do them. Again, like as a kid, I was like, "That's how I do push-ups." It's how I still do push-ups because I can't use my wrists for shit. That's I thought that was mice. bad for your hands, isn't it? It, teach, it creates strength. You use the first two knuckles on your hand. You actually put all of your weight on the first two, first two knuckles of your hand. That's oh. how you do how you do push-ups. It's stronger for your wrist because your wrist is in a line. It isn't it isn't bent. Interesting. Right? And it's how it's the only way that I can do push-ups. I cannot do push-ups flat-handed. My wrists are, my wrists are trash from years of sitting in a computer editing. Um, but I can still do I can do push-ups on my knuckles. And it's also how I do yoga. I do yoga with the with the first two knuckles of my fist mm. when I'm doing like downward dog or whatever or whatever. And the yeah. the reason is because of because of fucking taekwondo. Because it feels more stable to me and Good that's training. how I was taught how to do it. Um, they do yoga. They do yoga and mm. Travis is sunbathing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I do don't love think that, that at, this, at this point it makes it very clear that tra- Travis is not going to learn Wade's way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, see, well, this in is, the first, we, we kind of skipped over, but in the first scene, he asked her for her phone number. Yeah. yeah. Um, this through line with Travis not really doing the training and kind of getting bored with it all and just kind of like doing his own thing while everyone's doing the difficult things. I love that through line and it was it was a good kind of comedic beat. I wish it was bigger or louder, you know, that comedy there. Um, and that, there was a good payoff for and it. There was a payoff for it. Because there's not really a payoff for it. That's exactly, and that's kind of my point with a lot of this film. Like they have these great moments mm. and there's just not the great payoff for it and doesn't yeah. feel earned. Though I suppose it has a payoff in the sense that if he had done all of those training and if he had learnt how to do the thing with his mind, then he might have been able to break through all those boards. That's very true. But we still see him, compared to the other two, do better. Yeah, we do. True. The tournament's going to be fought under Eastern rules. I don't know what the fuck that means. But um, ties are broken with a strength test, breaking of cinder blocks, and Wade demonstrates by and breaks all of, all of the blocks. Um, and we also see in this sequence, we see the Korean team running in a, in a fucking snowstorm. Wait, wait, wait. And the, the cheering for, for Wade breaking those blocks by Grady, he's, oh. he's fucking stuck. He's, stuck. He, he gets up, he's like, woo, yeah. yeah, I'm amped. Yeah. And then we see the South Koreans. Uh, Snow run. 
well, we've already seen that they're chopping trees. Oh, with, yes. With with uh, chopping on, uh, not chopping with an axe, chopping with their hands. Yeah, uh, that would hurt. Trees uh, with no shirts on in the snow. Yeah. That's how you get frostbite. I love this shit. I this love a fucking training montage. I love one of my favorite uh, training montage. Well, sixty percent of the movie is training montages, but in Rocky in Rocky Four, when he's training in Siberia, and there's all the snow stuff, and he's like moving moving logs, and mm. I love all that stuff. This is this is the moment of the film before the waterfall when we see him chopping the trees. Um, after the snow running, which was very awkward, but still great. Because it's hard to run in snow. Yeah. Um, and they have to have high knees and shit. I get why it's, it makes sense, but visually it's it was kind of awkward. Fucking kill you. Can't yeah. you kill you. Um, but, yeah, when they're chopping trees, I started to go, oh, no, the Korean team have to win this. Like, they have to win because they're working harder because it's paralleled with them learning to chop boards for the first time or blocks for the first time yeah. and then being so amped by it, which is something obviously yeah. they would have learned and they in their training. That they, it's funny because the, the cinder block thing is is clearly – it's for the audience, right? Mm. Because yeah. there's no way that these guys have not encountered broken blocks before. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and then we go to lunch and Travis – is racist as fuck to Tommy trying to break his break his balls. Did anyone yeah. else feel like it came out of fucking nowhere? I mean, his no, character he's already is been, a bit like he's that. already been racist to him before that. Before but this, he was aggressively racist. I think it was a bit like. Is this where he was talking about fish? Yeah, and slanty eyes and yeah. shit. Oh yeah, the, yeah, it's, I real, it's about really bad. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it ends it with bad. it ends with Travis asking Tommy if he is yellow, and Tommy responding, obviously. <laughs> Oh fuck! Did you just miss that? Kira's like, yeah. I missed that as well, it. man. And I- then everybody else laughs at Travis. Like Tommy turns it round on him. Right. Yeah. So that's the way that it's positioned. Yeah, oh, I right. missed so that. I did fucking. I miss did that. kind of feel that he turned it around. I just forgot that that was yeah. what he the line. Was said. Yeah. yeah. And it's one. It's one of those things where I don't think the the movie is endorsing that behavior. And no. Uh, and and Philip Ree, like they're positioning him as a shitty shitty character. Yeah. Uh, and Philip Ree is one of the creators of the story. So he obviously I feel like, put that in. I feel there. like he probably was part of the creation part of the cre- process of the creation of that. Yeah. And I think it's it's about the thing is is that they do. Travis has to change a heart later. Yeah. But again, it's not just not it's just not played very well. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that that comes from I think the things that you are like it's not really this isn't really working, this isn't really working and this is something we kind of talked about a little bit in the past is that you have a first time screenwriter or well, he didn't even write the screenplay. He um it was written by somebody else, but uh Paul Levine, but he's a first time screenwriter. You have a first time uh story writer in in um Philip Ree, and you've got a first time and you've got a first time director. Mm. So you have just have a lot of people that that uh a little bit in, a little bit inexperienced and and are not and are making a low budget yeah. drama slash martial martial arts picture. So yeah. the storytelling is not as tight as even some of the other movies that we've that we've watched. Yeah. Mm. Everything was there. Yeah, but, but you know, right, it's not it as insane wasn't. as something like a Jim Carter because yeah. the subject matter is not as insane. Yeah. Mm. But at, at the end of the day, it is some of the same fundamental issues in the in the storytelling in the storytelling craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Less insane choices. So. Yeah, I really did like how uh, 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 Alex got up and Tommy was just like, "No, yeah, I, I, got, I, got, I, this. I got this. I got yeah. this," and that was that was strong. Yeah. Um, kind of. His character, it's funny because he was actually a person who competed. His character is the strongest throughout the whole film because obviously he knows himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that character comes through really, really clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you giving me those looks? I'm saying, mm-hmm. Uh, in the tape room, 
I'm setting something up, but it'll pay off. Unlike okay, the stories okay. in this movie. There will be a payoff. I always okay. say things like okay. I, I get it. I get it. I love you. In, in, I love you too. Why, why do we have to fight? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, in, the, in the tape room, uh, they're watching tapes of how South Korea trains. They even get a brief on each uh, who each of them are going to fight. And we see footage of them doing, uh, the South Korean team doing some impressive aerial kicking and striking and block, and block breaking. I love all that stuff. That, that yeah. um, like where they're doing it in order. Mm -hmm. And it's all timed really beautifully. Like that stuff, that demonstration, it's a demonstration style of like, of Taekwondo and it's beautiful to beautiful. That That stuff is awesome. 60% of my Facebook feed, that kind of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This is the first glimpse that we get of one of the uh, Korean dudes with the mustache, who I swear is a fucking stuntman in everything. Yes. (laughs) Okay. 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 So I got you. Yeah. Um, uh, some of those blocks are, ki- are clearly polystyrene. <laughs> like you can see the polystyrene pieces flying through, floating through the air after they're broken. <laughs> some of them look like it's that. a mix. There's some real blocks in there, but then there are some blocks that are just polystyrene. Because like these people would obviously be they able to break blocks. They would have had to do it a lot, a lot, blocks, a lot yeah. of times, yeah. Uh, microphone drop. No, I didn't multiple say that. In this, multiple ones in this scene. Ah, I missed more it. More than once. Again, the exact same thing we talked about with Iron Eagle. We're seeing the entire 35 minutes oh, right, negative. right, that problem, yeah. Yeah. And we find out that Tommy is fighting Dehan, who is their, their champion. Mm. And we get a flashback. It's sepia tone, so we know it's the past. Yeah. <laughs> As that night, Tommy has a nightmare about when the about seeing his brother die in a tournament when he was a child, fighting Dehan. Yeah. Mm. And so we get the setup of our big big conflict for the for the movie. And the um, way he died was fucking brutal. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty brutal. I mean, it's not. It's not real, it's but little, like imagine dropping to your knees in a fucking fighting tournament and then you just get your neck snapped. Yeah. Fucking um, brutal. There's some really bad ADR lines from Tommy's yeah. mother to explain that that's his brother. It f- that feels to me like a post-production patch. Right. Like, oh, what if they don't understand that it's his brother? Yeah. <laughs> so there's an ADR line that's like, Tommy, look, it's your brother. From I mean, that makes mother. sense because if you didn't have that, you might not know because the only real hint that we've had is but him turning find, lights out. The thing out is, is that you need to trust an audience and you can find out later. Yeah. Like it doesn't. Yeah, but in this movie, would we have found out later? I think I think we <laughs> definitely would have yeah. understood what was yeah. going on. And mm. we get an introduction of the ice cream cone. Of oh, yeah. Aww. He looks like the coolest little kid with his cap back and just sitting there licking his ice cream. I Having love that. Having a lovely time. Yeah. yeah. About to be traumatized. Of course. <laughs> we get another training montage. I've lost count already of how many this is. I was going to ask, is it the third or fourth? I'm or? not sure, but yeah. it's to the title track, Best of the Best by Stubblefield and Hall. It's the title track of the title track for the movie, and yeah, this is like we see Eric Roberts shirtless in the sequence, and dude is fucking jacked. Yeah, he, he's um, not as jacked as in other training montages, though. But I definitely looked at it. And I was like, oh, another forty million pack right here. Yeah, um, there's some nice shots in the sequence. Like, there's some nice light. Some of the montages have some really beautiful lighting in them. And this is why, like, this is kind of the point. Maybe it's in one of the next scenes where I got really bored where I was just <laughs> like, I wish this whole movie was just really well shot training montages and like eighties power anthems. You know, you, I wish that's you all wish it was Rocky four. Yes. <laughs> you wish this movie was Rocky four. Yes. As a, uh, I'm a defender of Rocky four. Most people are not, but I, but yeah, I don't I think there's agree a, with you. Mm, yeah. Anyway, you don't think it's a bad Rocky movie. Nah. So what are you going to say? <laughs> yeah. Five is bad. It's the only one. 
All the rest. Okay. Are, all the rest are uh, good to great, and five is a bad movie. I think all of them are enjoyable. Five is not enjoyable. Really? Okay. Yeah. Five is the first one I saw in a cinema. I have a very specific memory of seeing Rocky Five on New Year's Eve with my stepfather and being bitterly disappointed by it. Wow. It was okay. not a good movie. Um, it was Stallone. Stallone's like, that, yeah, that one sucks. Okay. Tommy in <laughs> Distraction City. Yeah. Um, this is where Ellie had left the room and came back. <laughs> she, a did little she bit. come back for the flashback? No, she <laughs> came back for what she described as, are you watching soft porn? Oh, what? yeah. <laughs> because some of the training is like real. I don't. It's actually later. It's not this sequence. There is a training montage even later. Well, they all kind of blur into one because yeah. there's like one second scene and then another training montage. Yeah, no, there's one a little bit, a little bit later. Where it's um, like all like silhouetted shots and like oiled really, nipples and stuff really like that. It's really like sexy. Like it's music <laughs> video 80s sexy and with a lot of smoke and backlight and everyone's glistening and there's close-ups of like abs and then them, then them like exerting yeah. and making like- I think this may be making, the scene where there's sit-ups on top of another yeah, guy. And making, okay. making noises going like- <laughs> like it's just it's little porny. I mean, even um, I did even not notice that. Travis at all. is like sexy in this montage. Yeah, with this, he's the only one that's got his shirt on, by the <laughs> way, because Chris Penn not not jacked. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's great. It's really good fun. Mm. Uh, that's what I mean, though. It's like, odd that they would do that for one montage. Uh, no, they kind of do they, it all the way. Yeah, kind of do this it one's just through. hardcore. Like it's like there's a shot of just a peck. You know yeah, what I mean? Ju- oh, and, and just, everything else just abs. Yeah. Okay. I did not notice that scene. No. I mean, I was watching it, but I did not. That, yeah. I did not bump on that at all. We I, didn't. I definitely took notice. <laughs> well, you would, Brody. <laughs> Tommy and, and Travis uh, spar, and Coach is worried that Tommy is holding back. And we get another flashback intercut with uh, Tommy uh, taking out Second his- flashback. Yeah, he's taking uh, as he's taking out his rage on a bag. Um, there's a f- kind of fun transition. There's an attempt at a transition. Did you guys see? What do you mean? So the 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 flashback is in sepia, mm-hmm. and it transitions from being in slow motion to real time and to being in color, and then Coach Don pauses it. Ah. So uh-huh. it transitions the scene. So from you don't being actually a see the flashback to being the thing that doesn't sell it is that they cut from the color footage to Don using a remote to pause instead of showing the footage pause, right. which would have sold the transition better. But it's an attempt at trying to do something kind of yeah. interesting. But this is this is the part where it's intercut with Tommy punching the punch, punch that, bag. That yeah? sequence goes on for a little while. So, so is this before or after um, Alex coming it's, in, it's giving before. him like a kind of awkward it's bef- hug? It's before that. Oh, okay. So, so they, we go from uh, Tommy punching the punching bag to the flashback to this scene, which is Don showing Coach the video of the fu- of the fight that killed Tommy's brother. Yeah. And then we go to Alex finding Tommy if he's okay. And this is where my mm-hmm yeah. are going are gonna to pay off. Yeah, you tell us what it is that you've been not telling us. <laughs> well, it's it's. I want to talk about the fact that Tommy is the secret main character of this movie. Yeah. Because I thought that was pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's secret. Well, he's is secret. It a secret. It's secret from the audience. And I thought it was because we open on Alex Grady and he's right. the like movie. I saw it the whole time yeah. as being dual leads. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. You were right. And that's what compromises the movie. Interesting. Dual okay. leads. We're splitting our story time between two different people. 
and we shouldn't be. We should be following one of them. And See, we should honestly be following Philip Ree. But this movie was made in the 1980s and yeah. he's an Asian man. Yeah. Oh. See, my- So there is a white lead that is Eric Roberts and the movie is sold as being an Eric Roberts movie. Yeah. His, name, his is the name that's on the front cover with James L. Jones, not Philip Ree. Philip Ree should 100% be the fucking star of this movie. Right. Yeah. I love Eric Roberts. Yeah. But this should be a Philip Ree movie. As the movies go on, they become Philip Ree movies. Yeah. Ah. Um, yeah. See, I my internal biases, I think, were working here because although you're pretty much like you nail on the head, from word go, Philip Ree is our dual protagonist. Yeah, because we get introduced to both of them before we're introduced to anyone else. Exactly. Yeah. And I think but that's why I always read it as dual. But and, see, and, and my they are. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. In, in I'm just saying that. It wasn't marketed that way. It wasn't marketed that way. Yeah. It's marketed as an Eric Roberts movie. If you watch the trailer for this for this movie, it's Eric Roberts. Right. It's mostly in the trailer. See, I, I I'm saying my internal biases. I think gave me a, a, an understanding of Eric Roberts Roberts being Lee because he was introduced first, and Philip Ree is the Asian character in an '80s movie. Yeah. So I immediately thought he's supporting cast. And Eric Roberts is main. Yeah. But then, yeah, obviously it's Most martial arts dual. movies of the, that I watched in the 1980s don't have Asian people as the lead because that's the time. Yeah. Um, Bruce Lee's The Anomaly. Bruce Lee was, a bit, was big, in the U, big in the US because of, um, because of, well, he was in Green Hornet, so American audiences were kind of used to him and he was big in Hollywood. He trained a lot of Hollywood actors to do, to do martial arts. Um, you get a taste of that in... Uh, and a questionable representation in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Mike Moe is fucking great as Bruce Lee in that movie and I kind of agree that that he's positioned as being a dick um, and kind of arrogant. I think Bruce Lee was kind of... Yeah, that was his shtick. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's a caricature. Mm. But anyway, that's beside that's beside the point. Destruction yeah. C. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's really unusual for... To see an Asian lead in a in a martial arts movie, which makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah, mm. um, I, I love the idea of the dual protagonist, but I wish that was clearer from the start, or I wish they just went with <laughs> Philip Lee as as our main character, Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee, Philip Lee. <laughs> <Just naming. laughs> yeah, I, I literally think it it hurts the movie. Yeah, because you're splitting you're splitting the main plot. You're splitting the the story between those two people when it could be more focused and could just be about about Philip Ree. and and we would get more if if it was more about about Tommy we might get more than just the same flashback like four times yeah we have other scenes where he's where he's maybe talking to his parents or any kind of other kind of family life or interaction with yeah. uh, with other people about how he does or doesn't hasn't dealt with his with his brother's death and the funny thing is is like you're getting these dual uh, uh, motivating factors like the family and needing to prove himself and he's got nothing in the Eric Roberts character. And then with Tommy Lee, you've got the, oh, I'm going to avenge my brother drama. Am I getting revenge? Am I not? Um, drama. And we have this really cool friendship between the two of them, but we don't really get to see it. And the the friendship is good. Like they're good. They're good together. They clearly have chemistry with each other. And Eric Roberts is great in the movie. It's not, they clearly have chemistry, but we don't get like nice scenes with them. So the movie just, I think honestly think that they run out of time for the two storylines. They run out of time for two storylines. And I think that that's, that's the the reason. And as the movies go on, Philip Reed becomes the main character. Yeah. 
Um, Tommy Lee becomes the main character, as he fucking probably should have been in the first, in the first place. I, the, like, legitimately, this movie doesn't get made with an Asian lead. They yeah. don't get the money. They don't get the budget if they sell it as Philip Ree. Yeah. In best of the best of the best, which is absolute fucking bullshit. Yeah. I mean, but he wasn't an name either as well. No, I don't. Uh, I don't know if, how much Eric Roberts had been working, but I yeah. don't think he was much of a name either. But it's it's not the name. It's the it's the color of his skin. It's the white. Yeah, yeah. You're very right. Yeah. Um, before we move on from this scene where he's showing him the tape, does anyone else did anyone else get um, flagged the fact that he's being shown a tape of something he was there for? James L. Jones. Well, we find out later. Yeah. yeah. And then he's I like, think he's, but, has anyone but, else seen this? But it's played as him being upset that, that Don found the tape and doesn't want Don to show the tape. That's not how else. I read it. I read it as well, him you, being like, oh my God, shock horror. Because you don't know yet. But once yeah. you know, the scene he, reads uh, differently. Yeah, he just doesn't want anyone else to see it. To see yeah, it. okay. He doesn't, he doesn't specifically, he doesn't want Tommy to see it. Yeah. Or Wade. Or, or Wade, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Alex finds Tommy and asks him if he's okay. They do, yes, they do have a little, little awkward sweaty hug. Yeah. <laughs> I don't imagine that Tommy smells real great yeah. at that moment. Yeah. There is a bit of um, long touching between uh, Tommy Lee and Eric Roberts' character. Like when they're watching the tapes, like um, Eric Roberts leans forward and he's just like, oh, you've got this, man. And he just like massages his shoulders for a little too long. I <laughs> just, no, no, no one else is reading this. Brody's got a Brody. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. You started real horny. <laughs> it hasn't stopped. Uh, <laughs> I'm not horny. I just noticed these things. Yeah. More training. And they're wearing their fucking warm-up jackets. Yeah. Are they a team now? Did it happen off screen? Why didn't they show it? Yeah. They yeah like give that screen time make it have that be a scene where where coaches like okay you're working like have them like I don't know the thing is that there's a moment there's a kicking. moment later in the movie which would make sense to be the moment that he goes oh yeah. you're a team now now you can well, have your jacket here's the thing is that is that they haven't done anything to prove they're a team is that they're yeah. they're wearing their jackets when they're doing yoga as Wade teaches them about key. I've always pronounced it as chi. It can be pronounced both yeah. ways. Uh, life force. And they teach you that. Uh, and just by the way, that's Taekwondo day one. Yeah. <laughs> they teach you about chi, <laughs> Taekwondo day one. Y- you learn that before you learn how to tie a belt <laughs> in, taekw- in Taekwondo. Yeah. Um, which I think I could, I could still do because of muscle memory. I'm pretty sure I could still tie a, <laughs> my belt correctly. <laughs> I did look very briefly on the internet online to see if I could buy a belt. Oh, there is a specific way to tie the belt? Yes. Oh, okay. That's Interesting. That's the second thing you're taught after, after chi. Okay. Um, so this is during the fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh montage. Well, this is actually montage. a scene. It's not really a, it's not really a, mo- a montage. It's there's intercut, yeah. Wade, yeah. But uh, well, so after this, there's a slow motion. There's We do we see the South Koreans uh, also meditating. It's under the waterfall, which is pretty badass. Like, fuck <laughs> yeah, that shit. Yeah, I love that shit. <laughs> fuck that. Slippery rocks. It's wet. It's damp. <laughs> no. No, hard no. Um, and then we see a slow motion beach running at sunset. Oh, that makes you feel so uncomfortable in your shoes. With a, with a, yeah, sand. With a tobacco filter. Yes, tobacco yeah. filter. But I think that that is meant to be the introduction of them in their fucking jackets. Oh. Mm. Still not they, earned at that point. I know that, but it, but imagine if that was like we got a scene where Coach says, you know, a short scene with Coach and Don and, and Coach says it's time and then we cut to them running on the beach in their warm-up jackets because they're a team now. It would make way more right? sense. And I think that it got moved around. Yeah, my the feeling, only thing I took away from that scene is that their feet must be all yeah. scratchy and damp and they're wearing boots and you can see the water 
go up and then in, <laughs> and it's just it just looks so. It's also very it's also very much a rip off of of like Rocky, Rocky three. Yeah, yeah. it's Apollo, run, Apollo and Rocky running on the on the R- beach in LA. I think it's just their choice of shoes that's the problem. If they were wearing enclosed shoes properly, then it would have been fine. But because I could I, see uh, the... I mean, I, you know how I feel about sand. It, I could see uh, the sand and water and coming I, into I, the... Oh, don't start I, love the, I love the beach. I hate sand. It's where dirt meets water. And you don't want sand and water in What's... your shoes while you're running. No, uh, you don't. You don't. You don't want sand on you generally. Yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think they swapped those two scenes, or, scenes around for some reason. I think that that... Yeah, the drama of like uh, the our two mains like leaving the team should have been like earlier in the training, and then they come back, finish training, and then go fucking way ahead. Yeah, but we're talking about this. Yeah, we we talked about it. Yeah, that that hasn't even happened yet. Okay, whatever. Whatever. When we get there, (laughs) we'll make our points. (laughs) Uh, So Travis, Travis tells Alex that there's a phone call for him, and Alex learns that his kid was hurt. He goes to talk to coach about it. See, we're talking about it right now. Yeah, we're getting close. <laughs> we're getting into it, but um, and then uh, he's late to class, and coach just isn't isn't having it because he's got the he's only got two rules. One of them is don't be late, and we find out that Walter was hit by a car, uh, Chekhov's bicycle. Yeah, <laughs> serving its purpose. Coach tells him to walk it off, basically. Such a jerk. And get back to training because they have to. My leave kid in three might days. lose his leg. I want to go see his. Yeah. yeah. How and then it turns real? out the kid is in a coma. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, You're a terrible coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As Alex is leaving, Tommy tells him to leave his stuff behind so that he, he can come back. And then in Portland, yeah, Walter is in a co- uh, coma. Um, this whole subplot, again, this is taking up time that should be about Tommy, Tommy Lee. And it feels like it was added to give Alex more meat. Yeah, and it's completely so fucking superfluous. The it's the just to create acting. drama. It's just to create drama. It's just not. Yeah, the the doctor is yeah, it's so yeah, monotone. It's real, it's real bad. Oh, and then Walter wakes up and it's okay, and it's the end of it. The the sequence doesn't barely. We don't even, do we see him wake up? Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah, we see him wake up. The sequence, seconds, the sequence barely lasts moving. like ninety seconds. Yeah, um, and then this is we, also the back, part where I realized. We're like one hour into the film and there's been like a page of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> a little more than that. But yeah. Um, uh, back at training, they're testing kick strength with a bag connected to a, to a computer and Alex is already back from Portland. Like he's just back instantly. He's gone for like 90 seconds. And training and was in three and they're leaving they're in three leaving days. They're leaving in three days. So yeah. he's only been gone one day, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, like, don't you stop training a little bit before you go so your body can, like, repair before you go do these yeah, things? Yeah, you kind of try to reach a peak, uh, like, not quite a peak, and then you taper down training because yeah. you don't want to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, you ramp up and then taper, and then taper down. Yeah. Well, I suppose we don't know how long it's going to be from leaving and arriving yeah, and that yeah. maybe that that's when they rest. Yeah, um, but Coach is done with him. He begs to get back on the team that he needs this. Oscar it's only, yeah, it's his second Oscar This clip. scene is the first scene that I noticed that they were wearing, that he was wearing the jacket. Oh, right. Like, it was this late. Th- this yeah. was when I noticed he was wearing the jacket. I was like, wait, how come he has his jacket? We didn't get told that they well, the, were a team yet. Well, no, I, the I kept warm-up, seeing the, them. The, and no, I, no, no, no. The team jackets and the warm-up jackets are different things. Yeah. The warm-up jackets uh, are the black, the black geese that they're wearing. Oh, I see. The, I thought the team jackets were part of that too. Well, see the team jackets he's wearing in like a scene before. This yeah, the as team well. jackets they get a little bit. Early. They get a little. Right. Bit early. I was like, I kept seeing. It. I was like, that's a dope jacket. The team like team Letterman the, yeah, with the, the like Adidas and shit on it. Yeah. And it wasn't until like he later in the scene where he's talking to Tommy when he's getting on his motorcycle and he turns around and he's got Team USA on the back. Yeah. I was like, 
Hold on a second. <laughs> mm. So, but yeah, so he begs, and but Coach won't cave, and he leaves. What doesn't make sense is that we like he left. So, shouldn't they have already been training the? Replacement? Well, they say yeah. They say that they say prepare the <laughs> prepare the alternate. Yeah, because he said prepare the alternate after Tommy's already. Uh, sorry, after Alex has already left and come back. Mm. And now we're going to start training the alternate. Shouldn't we have started training the alternate the second the guy left? As I said, I don't it's think like he team, waited to say it in team, front of him. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think that this Team USA has got their act together. <laughs> <laughs> the alternate it's like is they pulled this team together in three months. But, like, and this guy's going to, this alternate is going to train in three days and that's going to be plenty <laughs> rather than just let this guy who had one day off come back. Mm. It's also like when I realised like surely they when they do this kind of activity, they have like 10 people in a team in case one person has to yeah. drop out. Yeah, there, would be more than someone, there would be more than just the, the Because five, you, five there would be a level yeah. of someone could or get injured. Yeah, yeah. It might not be that they're a bad team player. They might just break their leg. Yeah. yeah. This is where I started to think as well. I was like, are the trainers the people who they've like been holding their feet? Are these people just waiting in the wings going, oh, what? I'm going to get my turn if someone bounces. It's my time to shine. Yeah. It's Millhouse's time to shine. Yeah. Uh, so Tommy is kicking this um, computer connected bag and is phoning it in and coach gets like super mad at him. Uh, and then Tommy kicks Virgil so hard that his soul leaves his body. <laughs> oh yes. That's fucking brutal. That is a big kick. It's a nice strong kick. And, and, and then he's very upset. Well, cause he has another flashback of seeing his brother, brother die and he runs away as Virgil kind of comes to. Is this where we just see the cone fall? Is that this no, flashback? No, it's later. Oh. So <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the cone of doom when we get to it. Catches <laughs> Alex catches up with Tommy, who's quitting the team because he can't fight Dehan. He tells Alex what happened and he's scared to fight. And then Alex opens up about his, his wife's death. This movie's really kind of an, an anomaly of its era mm. in terms of how like emotional and vulnerable the, the guys yeah, get. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it's men in these movies tend to be like stoic badass yeah. heroes that kick ass and don't have any feelings. So it's interesting. It's it's that's what I mean about it's a, it's a, it's very much a drama before it's a martial art, martial arts movie. Scott Atkins on the Art of Action podcast agreed that it, well, that it was more much more of a drama than a martial arts movie. If I've been saying this whole time that if you cut out these boring drama shit and it was just a montage and fights, it would be it would be a dope ass movie. I think almost the same would be true is if it was three hours long and you got the full backstories and full <laughs> yeah. motivations for it's, both characters. It's trying to, I mean, it's very, you know, um, Roger Ebert's kind of right and the blockbuster guy to kind of write in that it is very like Rocky with, ta- with Taekwondo. That's mm. what's trying to be much more like that than say a, a, a Van Damme movie, like wrong, like wrong bet. It's trying, yeah. it's not an kind of like a action martial arts movie. It's trying to tell a different story that the problem is, is it's kind of trying to have it a little bit both. The thing about Rocky is that, is that it's a balance, right? The drama and the, and the action and of the narrative are extremely well balanced because those movies tended to be directed by good directors mm. and that, that's you know a, what it is. It's almost two Rockies. It's almost like the scrappy young fighter who's almost too old to compete um, it's, it's the scrappy fighter who hasn't really made a name for himself, who's almost kind of edging out, coming coming to the plate, and the guy who's really good and who has someone to avenge coming to the plate. It's two movies. Yeah, it really That's is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It needs to be one movie. Yeah. Wade wants to know what's up with Tommy, talks to Don, who gives up the goods about the tape. We get 
sad helmetless motorcycle riding from Philip Ree. Oh, I love this. I love this. So, so, as, a, as a, a motorcycle rider myself, it's, I'm just like, that's so unsafe. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I love motorcycle thoughts. Yeah. Just, just motorcycle thoughts with to his, like a sad power ballad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Wade uh, confronts the coach and chews him out. Um, and coach talks about how actually it's not about winning. It's about giving, giving your all. And we learned that coach was Tommy's, the coach of Tommy's brother's team and that he didn't prepare them properly, which is why he's such a hard ass. Yeah. This was so unnecessary. I feel like, and it should have come up when they first watched the tape, I feel, or like they should have been reviewing the tape for Tommy because like he knew about it. They're just trying to give everyone an arc. Yeah. Very true. You know what I mean, like, yeah, you don't need the coach to, you don't need to give the coach a motivation like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's just character work. It's just tying everything to, trying to tie everything together. Yeah. Uh, the others want to talk to coach because they want Alex See, and Tommy this back. this is the moment where and they deserve he, their jackets. And then, yes, if they had then gotten their jackets after this moment. It would have made all the sense yeah. in the world because even the coach has a moment of, oh, wow, like they're a team. Yeah. And, and the giving of the jacket at the airport would have made way more sense. Would have made all the sense in yeah. the world. Yeah, there's a missed opportunity there for it to uh, for a setup and a payoff. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been nice. Um, but, again, we're on, the, we're, on like the, we're on the home stretch. Alex comes back to the team. There's some weird yelling between Coach and Jennings that, for no reason, about how it's Coach's decision. It's a Jennings. You got to fire me, then damn it, fire me. Nobody's firing you yet. Until I am relieved of my duties, I'll continue to make all decisions concerning the conduct of this team as I see fit. Hey! 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 Yeah. And that includes the participation of Alex Brady. I have a lot to do before we leave, so if you don't mind. For Alex to be on the team, like he's oh, yeah. fighting for him. It's like, why is that even in the? I don't I'm talk about things that don't need to be in the movie. Like, yeah, it's just a weird piece. Didn't of Didn't add piece to motivation. We it didn't doesn't need Jennings. The context doesn't really. It just doesn't. Yeah. It's like half of a conversation. It's like it cuts in as the sentence is finishing. It's just weird. I think it's a scene to show us that Coach believes in Alex again after kicking him out, but we don't need it. But we and also. We didn't see that transition. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like we Again, saw the it's team, not earned. We saw the rest of the team members talk to the coach and then all of a sudden Alex, Alex is back. And then Tommy stops at a gas station. Mm, that's right. And sees... Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. Two, this is the slow-mo kind. This is the ice cream of doom and the ice cream of hope. <laughs> <laughs> two sides of the same coin. Yeah. So he sees two boys getting into a car. They're, they're clearly a, an older and a younger brother. And the younger brother drops his ice cream, which, of course, triggers Tommy <laughs> uh, because of his memories of having once dropped an ice cream when his brother died. Um, but the older boy gives the ice cream cone to the younger boy. Then gives him a little head. And then gives him a little head, head ruffle. Ruffle. It's It's a bit much. It's cute. It's so It is, much. but again, I think that there's a way, like, I, I look at that and go, if I was directing this movie, how would I how would I make it better? Yeah. And to be honest, if I was directing this movie, it wouldn't be in this movie. But I think like, it's just too much. I think it's just the too movie much. pinning you down and slapping you across the face with plot. Yeah, there's no subtlety. Yeah. There's no subtlety in the text. It's yeah. just all it's This all is just, what I want you to get from this scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we're at the airport. Can I just ask? Sorry. Yeah. Well, while we're at the gas station, mm -hmm. Tommy is a fucking cool motherfucker. Yeah. Philip <laughs> Ray rules, man. Yeah. Like how much of 
Philip Reed you reckon is in Tommy? Do you reckon it's just him? I think it's pretty close. Like the haircut, the like <laughs> jacket, the motorcycle, the aviators. He is he's, the, he's he like is karate cool. Tom Cruise from Top Gun. Yeah. He's a badass. That's an astute observation. I am shocked. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. So that was probably intentional. And I agree with you. Are you saying that was definitely No, I'm not making fun of you. I'm legitimately <laughs> impressed. I know it's hard to tell. It is hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> Welcome to Kira's life. This is also my life. It's you, what being you, around you, you is like. Sarcastic? You're being sarcastic right now? You know what? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, it's a gamble. Am I? Let's just assume I am and then we'll just go from there. That way, uh, that way none of us have to take it personally. Kira's <laughs> um, just shaking her head. Yep, this yeah. is my life. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I've made terrible choices. <laughs> and so have you if you're listening to this podcast. It's okay, um, I love you. At the airport, I love you too. At the airport, uh, Virgil has shaved his beard so he can be faster. <laughs> it's a throwaway <laughs> line. It's a throwaway line, but it just made me it made me laugh. Um, and Tommy shows up, and of course, of course, uh, Coach welcomes him back into the fold because, of course, he was always going to fight. Yeah, but and again, they didn't have anyone to replace him. No, Nobody no. else was standing there as no. a replacement for him. So yeah, and then we're at the tournament. Uh huh. Fantastic. And. Uh, so we get the the montage of Korea, which was pretty cool. They shot Korea. in Korea. Yeah. Um, but then we get coming into the tournament hall. Is that the next next shot? Close. We're getting there. Before that happens, uh, commentary's in the house to explain everything. <laughs> that commentator is literally just, he talks directly to the camera. Yeah. It's it, And it's not the broadcast. Like you, maybe sometimes you put a little broadcast filter over it so it's the TV footage. Yeah. But he literally just explains what's happening through the entire back, uh, the back third of the movie. You would kind of get people like that though on sports commentators back in the day though, wouldn't it, you? Yeah, and it makes sense. Even it, uh, the commentary on UFC 1 is amazing because nobody has any idea what's happening. The commentary team, it's the first ever mixed martial arts on yeah. it. The commentary team, there's one fighter on it, on it, but he's a, he's a, I can't remember who it is, but he's a boxer. And there's a lot of confusion about the rules. Even the commentators say the rules are this. And then later they correct themselves. Like it's <laughs> the production itself is a little bit of a mess. It's actually great. You can, I would seek, Do you still it, have that? seek it out. Um, no, I don't have it. I don't have it on tape. I would love to watch that. You can find it around. Okay, okay. If, if you're so inclined, if you are subscribed to UFC Plus or whatever bullshit, they okay, have all yeah. of them. They have all of them on there. So if you want to watch it like that, you can watch it. Watch it. You can watch the original. I think I've seen like the. I went through a phase where I was re-watching them, and I think I watched like the first seven or eight. And yeah, it's I think interesting. I the first one with you. It's interesting to see how they evolve over time, and it's before. Dana White took over. Dana White yeah. didn't take over until until 2000. So um, it's very different. And they're kind of figuring it out as they're going along. So it's interesting. It was originally a tournament. You fought more than yeah. once. And there was a champion at the end. And they quickly figured out that the final fights were garbage because everyone was because everyone's wrecked. Or, yeah. or they had to do they had to have alternates and replacements because people were getting really fucked up. Yeah. But you can't have three fights in one night. No, no. It's not how that works. And so, yeah, um, so commentary, um, we see the teams kind of getting ready. Coach gives his clear eyes, full hearts can't lose speech. He does. He does. That's for the benefit of Kira and for those that have seen Friday Night Lights, the TV show. <laughs> I love that uh, the son is there in the crowd with the cr- the crutches, just like the poor little son, like little Timmy. Yeah, we, we do see that he that he is in the, in the crowd. And then he, his dad's all excited about it and thanks but the coach for bringing it. His dad waves to him it's in the later. crowd while he's coming in 
And then when he's like stretching, he th- he goes, "Oh, my sensei." <laughs> he oh, does. Yeah. Uh, commentary tells us the, about the importance of taekwondo, not karate. We've at this point we have stopped yeah. talking about karate uh, <laughs> in Korea, as it's it, as important as baseball is to Americans. But do, doesn't he also say? I think more important say, if they have to do it for military yeah. service. Yeah. Doesn't he also say that it's a mix? This in a, in a in a second. Oh, does. sorry, so sorry. Yeah. Trust um, the format. Trust the format. <laughs> Uh, back in the States, Eddie Bunker's back watching from a bar with some of Alex's co-workers. I thought that was the people they got in a bar fight with. (laughs) Kane Hodder. (laughs) Kane Hodder with like a, Kane Hodder with like a still injured, still bruised, (laughs) maybe. what I thought we were going to see later, like a black eye or something. They cut to the the American bar. It's it's Alex's workmates, even though we have almost zero introduction to them. That's why I had no idea who it was. I I don't know why Eddie Bunker's in this movie. Like Eddie Bunker's just in the movie because he's mates with Eric Roberts, maybe. I have no idea why an invitational karate tournament would make it to TV. It's being broadcast on television (laughs) in the United States. Yeah. The teams then make their entrances. We've got all the drums and stuff, which is which is kind of cool. That it's is beautiful. Cool. It's, this mm. stuff is well shot because it's a like it's a it's a location that is lit well and it's lit for the for the fight and stuff and it's it, this stuff is all pretty pretty good looking. I feel like this is where the money was spent. Yeah, probably a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I think about six point five million was the budget. I think that's what Philip Ray said. Fuck, did it, it make money? A lot of money. It was a it was a hit on VHS. They made three sequels. Fuck, yeah, true. It didn't make a lot of money, but it made enough money that they made more movies, <laughs> right? Um, they wouldn't make more movies if it if it didn't make money. That is very true. Right. The teams bow to each other, but Dehan does not bow to Tommy. Ooh, I miss that. I miss that too. He he does just stares at him. So everybody bows except Dehan. Ah. The commentator explains the rules of the competition. This again directly to camera. For you viewers new to the sport, this is a full contact match, the object of which is to win points or knock out your opponent. Styles include a combination of taekwondo, karate, judo, and kickboxing. Each match consists of three two-minute rounds with accumulated points added to both sides' totals. He also explains that it's three two-minute rounds. That's a short round. Mm. Two-minute rounds is a short round. It's point base, and the points are cumulative between the fights. Yeah. Like yeah. it's fucking basketball. Because it's between, because it's for the teams, not the individuals. Because it's a sp- team sport, apparently. Because they wanted a reason for all for the it's, Korean team to win most of the fights and still. And then still. Yeah. And then, yeah, but it doesn't. No tournament has run like this. No. No. At least as far as I know. If I'm wrong, then, you know, don't at me. But they I, also say it's full contact, which is good because, like, at this point, I was like, where are the headgear? <laughs> yeah, no. At this point, it's that um, Alex sees his son in the, in the crowd. Um, and then we get our, our first fight. It's Sonny versus. Uh, no, sorry. We get the. We get the. My son is in the crowd. Oh, thanks. So th- completely th- move on. He thanks the, the coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, super awkward. <laughs> just completely moves on. Yeah. Um, uh, we get uh, Sunny versus Yoon Kim. I was going to ask you, just be- you probably didn't, but just on the off chance, the like speeches that the, what the Korean team give to the fighters, I did, did not, you translate? I did, yeah, because I speak Korean. Well, I thought you might have gone to that extra effort because you're you. No, um, no. I honestly thought, and this may be showing my internal biases, but like there was such little time given to that. I was like, did he actually say anything there? Yeah, he probably did. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know. They trade points back and forth, um, but then they quickly jump forward to the final round um, and Sonny's getting his ass kicked, which makes a lot of sense after you've seen that actor throw a kick. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stiff and awkward. Yeah. He only throws one kick in the whole fight. (laughs) 
Pull they back. show him do one kick. He hits a front kick and he just looks like it's hurting him. Like it looks like his <laughs> joints looks like his joints are complaining at every point of articulation on his body that is throwing that kick. Is this where someone says if you're every be the fucking best time that you say is this where <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> that already happened. Oh, okay. Already this give, is why I'm asking. No. Coach gives them the clear eyes, full hearts can't lose speech and calls them the best of the best. If you give everything you've got, everything with all your heart, you'll be winners. That I promise you. You can be the best of the best. That already, uh. that already happened. I, admittedly, I didn't mention it. I'm sorry. Is this where? Yeah. <laughs> The um, yeah, so for the rest of the fight, Sonny only does only uh, blocks and throws and throws punches, so they can cut around the fact that this actor cannot kick if his life depends yeah. on it. Didn't we? This is the flag guy as well. The introduction of the scorer, yeah, the, the really is, sad man just sitting on the side <laughs> flailing his I flags. I didn't notice his emotional state. <laughs> <laughs> he was he very odd. Focus very much he on just, the kicking and punching. He was very odd. <laughs> Okay. He just seems serious to me, but okay. <laughs> yes. yep. So the score, South Korea 11, USA 7. They're not doing too well yet. No. Virgil's up next. Uh, I didn't catch the name of the guy that Virgil's fighting because they don't uh, announce it. Virgil does a little bit better and he can kick. Virgil can actually throw throw a kick. So good good on him. Yeah. Uh, He's faster. Because he has no beard. He's fast. He <laughs> no yeah. uh, his fight kind of gets gets a little wild, and they're kind of throwing big haymakers and elbows at each other. Um, and it ends with Virgil getting jump side kicked in the face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's a good. It's a good one. Score: South Korea twenty, USA nine. So not doing well. No, no. Our boys need to do better. Uh, Travis versus uh, Tung Sun Moon. Uh, we're coming late into the fight because Chris Penn <laughs> again. Not an athlete, <laughs> not particularly impressive. Um, of course, he ends up just getting kind of like pissed off um, that he's losing and takes it badly and the crowd actually boos him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, he was going to do a little bit better because we have a little bit more of a character in Travis. Yeah, the two others kind of disappear in the back half of the movie. Yeah. Um, Travis and Sonny don't have much to do in the back half at all. There's yeah. also a really cute moment where they high five and go, yeah, when like Travis starts to win. I wrote down high five, Brody <laughs> question mark. <laughs> you know me. Yeah, I do. Um, coach tells him to calm down with a cheeky smile because Coach loves how roguish he is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he does, does does manage to score with some punches. There's a USA chant, chant from the from the USA. Yeah, women's. that was so weird. <laughs> because the fight ends in a in a tie. And that's the best we've ever done. Yeah. So undeserved. And so, <laughs> it goes, and so it goes to the test of strength tiebreaker. How is that scored? Is it per brick? <laughs> I love how when he does it, he's like, "Why are you counting them?" <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So yeah, Travis uh, breaks all but three. Um, Tung Sun Moon uses a downward ridge chop, which the commentator the commentator is like, that's a bit of a weird technique. Kind of, I guess it is. I mean, even though our boy Alex uses it in his next fight, yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, it's a strange technique to break cinder blocks. I have no idea. I've definitely seen people do it. I mean, though, no. I mean, he's going down on his like thumb practically, like he's yeah, got it bridged well, no, because, but, you, because your thumb is hidden, yeah. Him. But still, if you're hitting that, that's still gonna. On yeah. cinder blocks. I've, I have broken a board that way. Okay. Yep. 
feel uh, like it would st- hurt. Standing, though, not like this. As a person who's yeah. done it, is it as an effective way to do it? Because not it seems like necess- an awkward way yeah, to, not, not to necessarily, not yeah, Unless you get that downward force from the shoulder. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I don't really remember. Breaking boards is fun. Breaking boards is real good. Mm, I bet it you was like my favorite. When I was when I was a teenager, it was like one of my favorite things to do was when we we would bring out we would bring out boards for um, I used to do demonstrations for a, a local parade that happens <laughs> every every year in spring around these parts. I would take part in the parade, and then we would do demonstra- board breaking demonstrations. So we always broke out the boards once a year to do to train for the for the demonstration. It was a good time, and then as I got higher in grades, you would do board breaking as part of as part of your grading to get mm-hmm. your next to get your next belt. So I loved board breaking. Board breaking was a good time. Yeah, yeah but there is a trick to it. You always make sure that the board is being held with the grain. Mm, I've so heard that. So you kick with the grain. So it right. actually is easier. Sometimes it's a little easier than you think it is because the board is maybe – is you're kicking the board in the way that it's weakest. Right. If you're k- kicking against the grain, that's the way the board is the strongest and that is incredibly harder to, to kick. <laughs> uh-huh. But all it, it still takes focus and concentration. It takes skill in your ability to execute the kick well um, because if you don't hit the board with accuracy – even if you hit it with strength, you'll just glance off. Yeah. It, hurts. I feel like, it hurts when you glance off, trust me. I feel like punching would be much easier because the accuracy would be easier. Well, it's easier for you to sight, but um, my favourite was fly, was what I'm doing. Flying through kicks, yeah. Flying side Whoever got that photo, fucking congrats to them. I know, right? Like it's a, it's a hell of a, <laughs> hell of a piece of photography. <laughs> Alex versus uh, Sei Jin Kwan mm. and Tommy pumps Alex up. Because it's only him and Alex left. Alex, it's up to you and me. You and me. We're taking on the gold, Tommy. Yeah, do it. Uh, I like another, Alex's little high five here. Yes, yes, there is. I like Alex's little little threats that he does before each ra- round of his fights. He does a little different threats, but every time it's like. I don't know. I don't have an example. But I'm going like, to take your head off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm so, going to kick your ass. Yeah. yeah. So first of all, the little cute high five where it's, again, another like, yeah, moment where it just like, I don't know what it is about it, but the energy just doesn't match. You and you and weird high fives and handshakes, huh? Yeah, but like they're like super like nice and happy. I, I don't know. And we're like, you feel like the energy because at this moment brothers. would be like, yeah, they're come a, on, we can do it. Yeah. They're a team. They're the best of the best. Yeah. Um, they're the best of the best, Brody. But then Brody, he, they're the best of the best. They're the best around. Sorry. Um, Wrong movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he goes out, starts doing his threats before uh, each round. He's like, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to take your head off. And then he scores a point and turns around and goes, for you, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Uh, take that. Brody, we've reached the moment you've been waiting for. What's that? Seijin Kwan is played by James Liu, who is a martial arts stunt actor uh, that is in a fuck ton of movies. What's he mean in? Oh, hi. Here's um, some highlights of, of- Rush Hour, 100%. Yes. I didn't write that one down. Yeah. Because here's a here's a list of uh, movies that he's been in that I love: mm-hmm. <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China, Action Jackson, Showdown in Little Tokyo, Rapid Fire, Hot Shots Part Two, Fuck The Shadow, Time Cop, Under Siege Two, Escape from L.A., Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, Lethal Weapon Four, Parents of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, Inception, and it keeps going. As I said, those are only this the isn't my man with uh, the mustache though. 
My no. man with the moustache has definitely been in rush hour as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, so stunties tend to work in teams. Yeah. And and have, oh. re- and have relationships with each other. I say, yeah, like I know. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That stunt, makes a lot stunt, of sense. Stunt guys tend to you work. trust with, the people. You work yeah. and train with, the, train with the same people and then you get on a movie and you bring your mate because you know you can work you can work with him. And Yeah, you would have like practiced stunts that you could do as a team. With, with yeah. skills and guys, guys and stuff, so stunt teams. 87-11 who are the guys that make the John Wick movies, that's a production house. That production house started as a stunt team. Ah. So those guys are fight choreography designers that started a, a fight a, a fight team that trains for- <laughs> You were about to say a fight club. <laughs> yeah, specifically for, for movies that then became a production company and now produce their own movies, include the John Wick movies, Atomic Blonde. Oh, great. All that, all that kind of the that high level uh, hand on hand and, and fist to fist uh, action that is happening in cinema at the moment. Those guys do most of that stuff. What do you mean by hand on hand and fist on fist? What I just mean it? that kind of fighting, that style of fighting, that John Wick style, that gritty, yeah. more, that kind of no cuts, move, actual fighting. Yeah, that no cuts yeah, style, cool. no no style, long take style, um, real actors actually doing it style. Yeah. That is eighty seven eleven, and there are a group of guys that were stunt stunt guys that became stunt coordinators and then second unit directors and then became directors, and now everybody's copying them. It kind of makes sense as well for stunt people to make that progression because you're so close to the process. And, and the direction and things like that. And shooting and editing for fighting um, is really, really hard. And you know who's really good at it? The people doing the fighting. Yeah. They know how to show something and sell it for camera in a way that a director often has no idea how to do. Interesting. Which is why those guys exist mm. and why they should have awards and why there should be a stunt category in the Academy Awards. Oh, I mean, there's many other problems with the awards. I know, just but that, I, yeah. it's specifically, I don't care what, what you think about the Academy Awards and not even getting into what I think about the <laughs> yeah. Academy Awards, but they should absolutely 100% be Academy Awards for Very stunt true. work. Yeah. There should be a, rep- the Academy represents all of the arts of filmmaking and stunt work is not represented in those arts. Yeah, and that that's is. Absolute that's strange. That is funny. Bullshit. Yeah. Yes. That's my point however you feel about the academy itself and what it represents and how it does things. Is there anything for like choreography, like stunt choreography? Well, there's, a, there's the Taurus World Stunt Awards. There's right. a, there is a, there are specific stunt awards. Right, not in the academy. Not in the, not in the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Yeah, so um, getting into this getting into this fight, because once again we got distracted, um, Alex and, and Quan... Super uh, weird fight style comes out again. Yeah, he's got those weird things, but they're fairly the weird kind of um, stances. But they're fairly evenly matched training points, and Alex um, starts to find a rhythm and 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 score points until Quan kind of fires back, and then he taunts Alex as well, and they have to be separated between rounds. And Tommy goes at Dehan like there's a little bit of a pull apart. I was making a note there, and yep. I didn't see who came at who first. So Tommy comes out at Dehan first, doesn't well, he? Well, so the, what happens is is that um, uh, Quan taunts uh, Alex. Alex goes at him, and then uh, the bench is clear, essentially. Right. And, and Tommy goes for, De- for Dehan, obviously. Yeah. yeah. This is where it started to get real good for me. This <laughs> is where I started to pay attention. This sequence is great. Like, yeah. the fights, fight time. I mean, uh, given the fact that, you know, Chris Penn and a couple of the other guys can't. <laughs> Can't fight for their life dependent. Mm. It's great. It's it's basic storytelling. It's just like you. They here's the thing: is the as much as we've kind of talked about the fact that the movie misses opportunities and doesn't set things up and pay things off very well. It has set up this tournament. It has set yeah. up the pieces we need to care about. The, yeah. talk about the tournament. Yeah, I, but I mean, like um, from 
probably about halfway through the Grady fight to the end of the film, they were on the level of the silhouetted, like, abs, like, really well shot, great yeah, storytelling, you know what some, I mean? There's some shots that are coming yeah. up that are, that are And, amazing. like, I felt this part of the movie. Yeah. Right. Okay, that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Except where we get into the shoulder stuff. But we'll well, talk about that. Co- coach calls, a, before that, coach calls a play. Yeah, that's right. And he looks back and says, thank you. Thanks, coach. And it, and it works. It's a ridge hand, it's a ridge hand attack. Yeah. 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 That's um, great. That's insanity. fucking great. Yeah, coach calls a play. Like he drew it up on a ball. Yeah. <laughs> moving X's and O's around. Um <laughs> Because he's a basketball coach. Yeah. <laughs> he stumbled into that the... had to make him worthwhile. Through, like, he was a coach school. He went through the wrong door. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years later. Didn't want to admit his mistake. No. He's just living, <laughs> living a lie. Uh, he heard the word ridge hand before and he's just like, yeah, okay, I'll yeah, say that hand. to him. Somebody said ridge hand. <laughs> he heard commentary say it like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Quan axe kicks Alex's shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, this shoulder acting and him. This is another Oscar moment, I think, for Grady. But like the acting of his shoulder was way over the top. Like it is, but also people react differently to pain. Yeah, you know, and he like, went for it. He fully he went goes. the crying. Like I'm in so much pain. Angle. So I mean, there's the tough guy way to play that, which is how most things in action movies would be played, and he doesn't play it. It that was way. different. It was this very movie, different. The men are vulnerable in this movie. I think that it's one of the one of its assets. Yeah, sure. look, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I think that the scramble off the mat when he's like dragging his whole body, even though it's just his shoulder that's dislocated, yeah. that was a bit weird. I don't know if you've if you've seen if you've seen some some of the injuries in UFC, in UFC the way that people act after they've after they've been injured. Yeah, it's not that big. A, it's not that big a stretch for me. Mm, it was. It was just crazy. And someone tripped over someone during the scene, like because they just scrambled. Mm. Um, so Alex has two minutes. And coach wants him to stop, and then Alex yells at Tommy to pop his shoulder back in, which he does. He does it by doing like an arm. It's like almost like an armbar. Yeah, feet, which makes sense how you would do it. Pops does it. I don't know a lot about how shoulders work, but that seems but you painful. Would, you would need that leverage pretty. I don't and, know. My yeah. experience of popping a shoulder back in is 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 Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon. <laughs> yeah, most of the times seen that I've seen people football field. Usually, I see when I've seen it, they've grabbed the arm and pushed, pushed in, it in as opposed to pulling it as, out. Yeah. That's normally how I've seen it done. I can't Mel picture Gibson, it, but I've definitely seen it done. Gibson is, yeah. is um, Mel Gibson bangs his arm against the wall because he disappears to get out of the straight <laughs> yeah, jacket to win that right. game. That's right. I remember that. And it comes. It comes in. It's a that's a setup and payoff because it comes in handy later when he needs to get out of a situation. He pops his shoulder out on purpose later. Later. Ah. In there. Uh, distraction. See. <laughs> yeah. So Wade helps him concentrate to ignore the pain. That mental concentration, which he's been teaching him about and kind of focus, is that's real. It's something I've I've learned from from. You let the pain go. Yeah, I've from done Taekwondo. It. I didn't learn it from Taekwondo, but I've definitely been to that point where you've been in so much blinding pain, you can kind of make a, you can sit with it. A yeah, the, bit. well, it's a it's ability to focus and concentrate to ignore it. Uh, mm. Kira, can you think of a specific example where you've seen me use that ability? <laughs> Yeah. No. Dealing with Brody on a podcast? No. Give me a hint. <laughs> Remember when my back was fucked? Oh yeah, because you could you moved your bike. You couldn't stand, but somehow you were able to move your bike. Literally used this technique, which was to focus my mind and concentrate and ignore, and ignore the pain. I was in, I had hurt my back, hurt my back working out, ended up 
in bed for days. Literally could not, did not have the power. I remember. Did not have the power to sit up. I'm telling you the podcast audience. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Speaking directly to the podcast audience. Yes, um, well, for the podcast audience, this man was walking at a right angle for about a week. Yeah. Longer than that. It was about three or four it weeks. It was about yeah, six was weeks, bad. actually, I did, yeah. So I had a bulging disc. I, I fucked up real bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for the first three days, I couldn't walk. Um, it was insane. But, I'd be in the other room and just suddenly hear screaming from the other room yeah. because oh, he stood up. That's so unsettling. Not a, good, not a good time. Anyway, but in that period of time. He needed to get a haircut. I had to get a haircut. <laughs> this is why I'm telling this story because it's so fucking ridiculous. I used my years of training and concentration <laughs> to move my motorcycle out of the way so that Kira could drive me to my hairdresser. It's <laughs> an important use of that. I was desperate. We were coming out of lockdown and I was shaggy as fuck, bro. He, it was man. probably the most needed haircut he's ever he's ever been in, in needed. But... <laughs> But it was insanity. Like the whole time I was like, we can just reschedule. Lloyd will reschedule you for a different time when you can stand. And also how are you going to sit in the hairdresser's chair for that long? But apparently he can just turn it off. Also, hi, Lloyd. (laughs) Hi, Lloyd. Um, (laughs) If you made it this many episodes in, hi, Lloyd. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Anyway, so Alex just needs to hold on for 30 more seconds. And he manages to. And he does. And he even scores with a jumping front front kick before before collapsing. He doesn't just score. He kicks that man right in the face. He (laughs) kicks him in the face off the whole fucking tournament stage. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he does off off the stage. Yeah. He gets a knockout. He wins by knockout, I'm pretty sure. Score, South Korea 29, USA 22. It's close. Yep. And then we come to the final match. Dehan versus Tommy Lee. Again, this is the final match because Tommy is the lead of this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we knew this was going to be the setup since the point where we were watching the tapes in the classroom. Yeah. 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 I have a plot twist for you. Ooh. Twist it, baby. Dehan is played by Simon Ree, Philip Ree's actual brother. <laughs> Fucking no wonder. Plot twist. Isn't that interesting? And I thought it was his brother. I because like it actually was, yeah, his it was his brother. Legitimately, that is his brother. That's hilarious. It's his brother who killed his brother? Mm. Yeah. Yep. That's confusing. That's awesome. Yeah. How awesome is yeah. that? that is also, he's also rad. the fight coordinator for the movie. Yeah. Dehan is the fight I mean, coordinator. Fantastic. For the movie. Wouldn't well, you love to have a brother that you're that tight with? Like your whole life is built around that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yep. Mm. So Philip said that he wanted to cast him because they know each other's rhythm. It was literally he's cast as the villain so that they can do this final fight together. And it's impressive. And you, Yeah, you can see why. Um, because it's completely different than the, the, than the other fights in the movie. Way less cuts, more actual moves. There's just, they just let things play in, like, in wide sequences so that they can trade kicks and jump, and jump around. And it flows. It has yeah. rhythm to it. Um, it has the lines that Philip Reed talk, talks about. It's beautiful, to, it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, that is really true. The, the aerial kicks and the sweep kicks, the lines in those were amazing. It's great. Yeah. It's mostly shot in the kind of like there is, already talked about earlier, that little bit of silhouette lighting, this mm. kind of spotlight thing. So You get the dust in the air a little bit. It's gorgeous. Mm. It's really well It's really well, well put together. And again, Philip Reed was the, the actual lead of this movie. Maybe this is what the movie is more like all the way through. Mm, mm. Um, because it's, he, in it this in this kind of stuff, you, in this kind of part, you you see what it's capable, what the team are capable of. Mm. Um, the director, I don't know about the writer, but the the like you see visually the quality that the film could be. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing that this one thing that um 
kind of a sidetrack, but it's kind of not because it's related to the, the way that fights are shot and the way that this fight is specifically shot is one of the things that Philip Reed talks about on the podcast, Art of Action podcast, is about creating a staccato rhythm with the fights. So the fights aren't just bang, 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 but that's They're like bang, kind of thing. bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And, and there's, a, there's a, this flow to it that I think is missing from a lot of action choreography and fight choreography these days. Mm, a lot of, sense. a lot of movies that I see, John Wick is obviously the exception. John Wick is always the exception, <laughs> exception to the rule whenever I talk about this shit, but a lot of action that involves like hand to hand combat and kicking and fighting in movies these days, I feel like they are all paced exactly the same. There's never a change in pace and right. I can see the stunt people counting. <laughs> I can count the rhythm. Would you say that maybe half a decade ago, I'm not quite sure now, where Jet Li and Jackie Chan were big? Oh, that's longer ago. That's like 20 years ago now, man. Should, how old am I? <laughs> um, I don't know. But like I'm not saying in their early, early times. No, I'm when they made when it globally. You're talking about when it when they kind of came to the US. Mainstream, yeah. yeah. So that's like to the early 2000s. That's the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. Jelly was in like uh, Romeo Must Die. Which yeah, is <laughs> with TMX that's a fun, That's a fun movie. Yeah. That's um, Romeo and Juliet with, with uh, Jet Li playing Romeo. That's fantastic. Yeah, and Aaliyah, uh, the yeah. R&B singer, uh, who's, since pa- who's since passed away, playing playing kind of Juliet. And it's gangs in L.A., that I love. I, I mean, that's a whole. We could do spin-off podcast. Yeah. I could do a spin-off podcast of of movies that are Romeo and Juliet uh, knockoffs. That use, <laughs> yes, that use, we definitely no, specifically could. that use gangs. <laughs> oh fuck! Um, but yes, shout would out, you shout out thrashing <laughs> Josh Brolin? Fuck. Would you Would that's you say movie. that they're that same quality? Because I don't. They're my kind of kung fu. Yeah, background. Jackie Chan. So uh, okay, so Jackie Chan is the. I'm not so in terms of my history with Jackie Chan. I came to Jackie Chan in the 90s, so I'm not as super familiar with a lot of his uh, – I mean, I've seen Police Story and most of his big movies yeah. from the 80s. I'm not as familiar with his, seven, with his 70s uh, work. He's like mostly his kind of like traditional kung traditional fu kind, kung of, fu stuff, kind yeah. of movies. So, but I was – there was a period of time where I was a Jackie fan. But around the time of like Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah, Because that was like his first big American, big American movie, right? So that was really exciting. What are those really wooden statues that, that, that they fight? That what are they called? I don't. Let's uh, sorry. Sidetrack city. But anyway, sidetrack so, on a sidetrack. <laughs> the thing that Jackie Chan is incredible at is rhythm and t- and timing and breaking rhythm and knowing when to break rhythm. There is an incredible. There's an incredible um, YouTube video called. Uh, it's a series called Every Frame a Painting, where he, where Tony Zhao and his partner whose name I always forget which is really shitty because she never gets credited and I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry they've did a series of video essays and one of them is about Jackie Chan and how Jackie Chan puts fights together and creates rhythm and it's fucking incredible Uh, I'm innately not a fan of the YouTube essay about how films are made because I usually find them grading or ill-informed yeah because um, they generally have a tone of taking down a lot of films I feel not even just that not even just that like um if I'm watching a YouTube for watching a YouTube video where someone is talking about how something is made, and then and then states about you know we wonder what the what the director meant, or states what they think the director meant, and then I can listen to the audio commentary where the director in of that movie talks specifically about the thing that they are talking about mm. and says something completely different. They didn't do how that much fucking, research. How much fucking you, research yeah. they did? It's the director's commentary. Yeah. 
So that's usually my issue with a lot of stuff, but, uh, but every frame painting is incredible. Anyway, so Jackie Chan is, yeah, Jackie Chan's responsible for bringing like, like he influenced an entire era of film, of filmmakers, right? Edgar Wright, look at all of Edgar Wright's fight scenes. Look at the fight scenes in World's End. The fight scene in World's End are Jackie Chan fight scenes. He brought in some dudes that had trained under Jackie, Jackie Chan. To, to, to do that wow. stuff. There's a rhythm. Even Shaun of the Dead, the rhythm of the fights, there's the, the rhythm of the fighting in the pub in Shaun of the Dead is yes, Jackie Chan. that's so fucking true. It's Jackie Chan. So, Holy shit. So that stuff is a, it's a very particular type of thing. Holy shit, you've just broken my brain. Yeah. It, it influences the I can see generation. Jackie Chan in that scene even yeah. though it's not him. Yes. Fuck, man. Yeah. So that- That's awesome. I feel Thank like you for that. That is incredibly hard to do. And it, there's a reason that it's incredibly hard to do and it takes a long time and movies are increasingly being made faster and faster and um, and stunt people are not given the time that they need. Anyway. Yeah, massive sidetrack city. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but, we're in the middle we're of talking about the fight. Yeah, we're, so we're talking about the fighting. So they, they do Drop this- him like a toilet seat, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> that, nice. <laughs> You've been waiting for that. Yeah. You can just, she just waits for her moment, then she pounces. So precise. <laughs> um, there's a, uh, there's dueling jumping front kicks where Tommy uh, jumps kind of out of the way to, and hits Dehan while he's in the air. Yeah. And mm. it's fucking awesome. They're also really hitting each other because they can trust each other. They're yeah. brothers they're, and they, it helps them sell better. Again, on the Art of Action podcast, Philip talks about how the, the jumping spinning heel kick where that Tommy takes to the face yeah. is a real contact hit. Wow. Um, That's brutal. That he took from his took from his brother. And how they're able to do that is instead of using the heel to strike, which is how you strike with a heel kick. The bottom of the foot. Uh, he's using the flight of his foot, so yeah. it's more like a slap. Oh. But he's still like making full force contact with his face. Ow. Um, I thought that was a lot of that was full contact. I didn't think it was actually him doing those. No, it's, it's really though. both of them. They do the thing is is that they cut it. Mm. They do like three angles of it, which feels like they're trying to um, fake it in the edit, but it is a real hit. So you don't need to fake it. So you in don't the need edit. to fake it. It's just an editor not understand. Again, this is the problem. You have an editor who's maybe not familiar with how to cut martial arts, cutting martial arts. Yeah. yeah. There's a way that it needs to be done to make it work to make it work well. You need to see that it's real, especially if it is real. Obviously you can fake it if it's not real. Yeah. But if it's real, just show it. It's almost like yeah. a spectacle. It's the thing that pisses me off about the way WWE is edited. <laughs> Go on. Oh, um, they cut on impact every freaking yeah. time. Yeah, so w, we, that we don't. would fucking irk me. We don't, yeah. we don't watch WWE anymore because we shifted to, to AEW. Um, okay. But I grew up with WWF. So when we first got back, when I first got back into wrestling, we watched WWE. And I don't think that so they what, always. So what? You don't cut see like, the chairs hit or anything? Well, no, you no, no, do, so but they, they cut, like, as in they cut to a different so angle. So one way to. One and way they to, also zoom in and zoom out. Every time there's for, impact. To, yeah. So one to way to make a make a, a cut effective is that as I hit you, we cut to another sh- to another shot. So we're selling the the we're making the edit the hit. Yeah. Yep. yep. And yep, yep, WWE yep. does that in its wrestling content for every for hit. every hit every hit and it's it's hard to watch. I don't know how you yeah. watch it. It's not clear. And so is your complaint that you don't get the impact of the hit? Well, the thing is, that is that half the time messy. they are well, they are hitting, so you don't get to see that. The thing about wrestling when it's good is that it's impressive it feels, that yeah. they it actually feels like did it. It feels like a real fight. Yeah. It is. It is literally like a 
stunt performance that you were watching live as theatre. I've never yeah. thought about wrestling as a stunt performance. That's it very interesting. It's stunt yeah. theatre. Stunt theatre. Yeah. Interesting. Which is why I fucking love it. Of course. Now I get it. It all yeah. clicks, right? I mean, so, you guys know that I enjoy watching wrestling when I'm with you guys because you can kind of fill me in on the backstory yeah. and things like that. But yeah, I. But yeah, when you're when you're cutting a fight, unless they actually, granted, I guess it's being cut live, so they don't necessarily know whether they're going to land the hit well or not. But these guys are professionals at it. So when you when someone actually does make contact, or like in this film, this is a real kick that really landed. They can watch the whole take and see that it really landed. It's way more impressive to show that than to cut it together and make it feel like we're faking the impact or that we're faking the 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 um, we're faking the force of it, or we're faking whether it even made contact. Do you think that it's uh, editor Sorry, going? Just, just quickly, I just need to tell my wife that I love her. <laughs> yeah, I get it. because I she get cares it. about how fights are edited. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I, I picked the right one. <laughs> um, but do you guys think that it's the thing is an that when, effort when to you show a really nice angle? It's that they don't know. It's that they didn't think it's through. They're trying to make it feel. They're trying to make it. I think that the it's an editor cutting for impact. Editors will always cut for cut for impact. Right, and it's an editor not not realizing, not realizing that the impact is there by not cutting. Just because they've got three, just because you've got that's three, something you, sh- you guys never really told me. I didn't realize that was a thing. So you well, cut I, for impact. Well, yeah, think we about taught you that. Yeah, but we've never really had anything physical to edit like that. And, yeah. Do you mean like impact, as in not the impact as to, the hit? You cut to enhance the impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. You cut okay. to sell. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's so like, you'll punch into a close up. Like it's like yes. okay, so yeah, yeah, okay, I get what you're talking about. To now. give you to, and to give you like a broader context, say it's like something that you might have more f- more familiarity with is you we're cutting a basketballer dunking, yeah. We cut as the dunk makes physical contact with the rim, yes, 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 to yes, yes, sell yes. the force of the dunk, yes, yes, yeah. yes, right? yes. But the thing is, is that if you watch then something like. AEW doesn't always do this, but if you cut, if you watch some AEW stuff, you will see a wide shot and you will see someone jump from this higher thing off and through the table and you'll see it all in the one shot. As and opposed it, to cutting when they hit the table. And it sells exactly how high he's going and that he's doing this for real and that he really did hit like that. Yeah. As opposed to cutting somewhere in between or cutting three to three different shots while this whole thing is happening, which actually distracts you from the fact that this is real. Which is exactly. And that he really did. Which is like exactly when you cut the, three times in an explosion kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's exactly <laughs> the same thing. It's Liam Neeson taking uh, almost 17, 17 cuts. cuts to get over a fence. Yeah. Anyway. We're still in the fight. We're I think still in the final fight. We're, <laughs> at the, we're at the 17th flashback, are we? Uh, or no, is that a no, wee bit early? We're not quite there yet. Okay. So um, uh, Dehan does an axe kick to Tommy that's pretty brutal um, and then uses an illegal groin kick. And then we kind of get to the USA only needing six points to win or a, yeah. no- or a knockout to win. And unfortunately, the uh, Casio keyboard soundtrack is back. <laughs> Dehan hits Tommy illegally again, but the ref doesn't see it. And then Tommy begins his kind of fight back with them trading points. Dehan is like fucked up, but won't but won't quit. Yeah, ah, uh, fuck. It, he fucks him up. Thirty three to thirty one is the is the score. So they're two points away. Is this where Dehan is out in his feet? Uh, well, almost no, not quite yet. Not quite yet. But Tommy does this this, this jumping leg kick. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's all in one, again. It's mostly in one shot. It's a jumping leg kick, and then kick, and then kicks his leg out from underneath from underneath him, and then does this like spinning back kick into the back of his head in a yeah. single shot, and, and the See, sweat 
flies off. That's how it should be edited. Is, yeah. There is a cut for the leg kick, but right. but that's because that's to punch in so we see the impact. Yeah. Right? It's just, well, no, it's so that you because you don't really. It's that's a harder thing to do in one shot. Okay. Because you've got to aim it correctly, otherwise you will break somebody's leg. Yeah. Right. It's a TKO if Dehan stays, stays down, down mm. but he gets up as the clock is winding down. And All Tommy needs to do is finish him. He's he's. Is he, are his eyes rolled back into his yeah. head? Yeah. yeah and he's, he's like really is he tough. playing the, you guys wouldn't get this, but for maybe some of the podcast listeners, the Naruto Rock Lee thing where he's knocked out and still gets up to fight. So he gets up and he's knocked out. Is that what's going on? I mean, he's. He's out of it. Awake. He's awake. But is yeah. he? Because yeah. it looks like he's knocked out on his feet, which can happen. Yeah, that can happen. But I think that he's a, he's conscious. He's just. Because he managed he's not to get up. up. He's yeah. Not, he's not giving up. But yeah, his eyes are rolled back, and yeah. he looks like he he clearly can't do anything to defend yeah. himself. Yeah, because you will you will see sometimes in in sport where there is someone completely knocked out, and they will get up because they they Muscle don't know. Memory? Yeah, well, they don't know because necessarily your brain, what's your brain going is, on. Your brain is functioning, but you're not conscious. Yeah, right. You'll see when somebody gets knocked out in UFC, their limbs go stiff. Their arms come out and their limbs go stiff. Uh, yeah. It's a human response to your brain shutting down. Fucking awesome. During a loss, loss of consciousness. And then, yeah, often like UFC fighters, when they come to after they've been knocked unconscious, don't think, don't know that the fight's over. Yeah. And go to keep fighting. Yeah. yeah. Um, because they just bra- their brain hasn't processed the- Yeah. As literally, someone who has like, been knocked out many times down your, your brain. and who has like had seizures and like fully like had amnesia or like just been on a football field and just been, had my bell rung. Yeah, that is fully a thing. <laughs> yeah. So this is Tommy's chance for revenge, uh, and he could kill him. Like, yeah. Dehan is completely helpless at this point. Uh, coach? Coach! Coach! He's going to kill him! No! No. No. So casual. Yeah. Casual, but also, like, with force. Like, he's yeah. watching a child about to do something dangerous. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like, no. he's like, this is your choice, but no. No. Yeah. Uh, Alex doesn't want him to do it either. He yells out for, for Tommy. Uh, again, some acting, some nice... Yeah. Some, some dramatic acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tommy, of course, chooses the right thing to do and the clock runs out and the USA loses the match but wins the moral victory. What's Which, the flashback like, that we see here where he doesn't – because he sees him kill his brother again and he's, and we think he's going to kill him. Yeah, it's just setting up I think the choice. The thing, yeah. Yeah. It's setting up the choice. Yeah. The thing is, is like I get it and good and movie and storytelling and okay, but technically couldn't he have gotten a point without killing him? Yes. Absolutely. Couldn't he have just like kicked him and pushed him down and yep. then he would have that's gotten a, re- a point? That's a real then- good point I didn't think about. Um, yep. But like I think. Then at least it would have been tied and then they would have had to smash the things and obviously the other guy's not going to smash Dayhan anything. just falls over through the bricks. Yeah. I think the. the Obviously storytelling wise this is stronger. Yeah. But yeah. you but have enough time you to think about. You because don't get the end of the movie without. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is fair. The pro- I think the problem is is that because that period of time while the clock is winding down, you have enough time to think about it, which means you have enough time yeah, to stretch think. stretch it out a little. Couldn't, in, you have, couldn't he just push him over? Yeah. I think in universe it's him fighting himself and yeah. going, if I move, I'm going to kill him. So he's stopping himself from moving. Oh, I didn't read it that way. That makes That's how sense. I read it, but I also could be reading too far yeah, into it. You know me. Yeah. I think that, no, I think that's a fair, a fair That's read. probably, yeah. 
I just had too much time to think about it. And was like, <laughs> was he could, couldn't he just kick his leg and then he'd yeah. fall and then he'd win and then we'd yeah. win. Coach, of course, tells them it's a victory anyway. Yeah. 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 And then we move on to the uh, to the medal ceremony. It is good that I'm earlier getting goosebumps the coach gets- thinking about the medal ceremony. It is good that you the didn't coach- do that thing. Did we turn you? Oh, you're not, not, not 100%? Look, this end, the end tournament is enough for me I, to enjoy the film. The, the, and the montages were great, but like, it's still- Yeah, no, I'm with you. It is very lucky that they had the opportunity to have the, to have the scene earlier with the coach where he says that- I'd well, be okay with it not winning. Well, that's the setup. Yeah. yeah. If they hadn't had that scene, it would have been a very strange character turn being as he wouldn't let his team go home to see their ch- comatose child. Must sacrifice everything. But feel free to sacrifice the win. <laughs> like yeah. that's Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's funny where we have the the coach who's all about meditation and feelings going you have to win it's a habit and then the coach who seems to be all about winning but actually all he cares about is putting your heart on your sleeve. Yeah. So Sportsmanship wins. Yep. Honor wins. <laughs> Honor between warriors. Yeah. 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 That's true. Uh, the South Korean team get their medals as the USA watches very, very sadly. And then. Yeah, they're broken. Yeah. I love it. It's fucking awesome. This scene, how broken everyone is. The Korean team have won, but they didn't really win. So that they don't have their honor and they're being given medals. Yep. And then the American team won in honor but didn't win in points and they're just fucking broken, all of them. It's it, so good. It's very emotional scene. And then Dehan limps over to Tommy and apologizes for killing his brother and offers, offers himself, himself as, as, Tommy's brother. Bro- as Tommy's brother. To save his life in defeat is to earn victory and honor within your brother too was a great fighter. Deeply regret your loss and I offer myself as your brother. Mm. It is super emotional. He gives him his medal and everyone cries. Mm. This is a movie where the men just openly weep. Yeah. Because of their emotions. Mm. And it's great. It's wonderful. It is also cute that that is his real brother as well. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. It's really nice. Really nice um, touch. Quan then wanders over to Alex and tells him that he knows everything about him. Yeah. And that, and Alex. Like where you're from. <laughs> well, no, just that they studied each other. Like there's that, the, again, it's the, it's the respective warriors who are, who are fighting each other, right? Alex's response is weird though. Oh, well, he tells him that he knows everything that he, they'll ever want to know about him. Yeah. That's because the fight was hard. That's because he kicked, his, they, they yeah. kicked each other's asses. Everybody hugs, everybody wins. Um, and they give them all in, of their medals. And well, yeah, everybody I, I, gives them their medals. Did the Americans get all the medals, did yeah. they? Yeah. Yep, the oh, Every single Korean in, winner handed it over. I, I just saw them walk over and then Travis give his hat to the other one. I yeah. was like, oh, so the ones who won kept their medals, but they're still friends. No, no, no. They, they, no. they basically, the South Koreans, South Koreans show them the respect for the for how hard they fought and give them the, their medals. Yeah, and I suppose yeah. also from the from their perspective, of how the how the competition is run. If Tommy had done what they would have done, then the whole team would have won, not yeah. just Tommy. Yes, yeah, because it's a team sport, even though it's an individual. So, sport. from their perspective, that the whole team didn't win. Every everything about yeah, that's a very good point. Sorry, mm. I just blew right past that. Um, <laughs> All good. Uh, 
Fucking Dehan's speech to him at the end, it got me, man. Yeah. Because what does he say to him before he offers himself as his brother? He goes, the the honour in not killing a man. And he's like, I didn't have that honour yeah. and I regret it every day. And, like, he says it so eloquently in this, like, obviously, like, he's pretending to struggle with English. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. He's, ah, it really did hit. And then, like, Tommy and... Uh, and Grady hug it out and are crying. It's fucking so good, guys. It is. Yep. Did, great, yeah. li- did you cry, Ken? I did not. It oh. made me well up. I got up. chills. I thought you might. I got chills. I, I, again, I watched it twice. Or I usually always watch this twice. And um, the first time it didn't, the second time I got chills. I'm a fiend for crying in movies. Mm. I am an absolute fiend to the point where, like, I actively hate Ellie when she makes me watch, like, sad movies. <laughs> Um, we already talked about it on the podcast. Movies make me cry like a motherfucker. Yeah, and I was I Rocky, was definitely welling up. Rocky kills me. Really? Rocky, the end of Rocky when he calls out for Adrian, it's so, like, I understand that that, that moment has been mocked. Yeah, I like, think I just so know many, that so too many well. Movies, but literally I just lose my shit every single fucking time. He really does. He's not exaggerating. I have no, <laughs> I have no control. I have no control over it whatsoever. That is... Of course you do. Of course you do. I see. I think, with me, I think with me before I watched Rocky, I knew everything about it. Yeah. yeah. So that scene didn't have much impact for I me. I come back to those movies all the time. I yeah, fucking okay. love those movies. An appropriate age to have watched this motion picture experience. The best of the best. I'm going for a good 10. That's a, that's a solid choice. I would say I'm going old school. I reckon one. <laughs> I didn't like this movie, as I said. Look, I enjoyed watching it, but I will say if someone's going to sit and watch, sit through this movie... Uh, it would help if you're into Taekwondo. <laughs> it, it would, but the lessons in this movie from the last scene alone, they people should be learning from is from day dot. You know what don't I mean? Don't know whether babies would understand uh, they it. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. So maybe, maybe a five, a five should, is I mean, more realistic. A little bit of inspiration because you need to start training real early. Yeah. Four, <laughs> when you start training. This is a lesson about when to start training in Taekwondo and sportsmanship. I think as young as sort of kindergarten, you could understand it. So, yeah, maybe maybe I would go like six to ten, but I feel like this is a – I feel like ten-year-old – I can imagine ten-year-old boys being all about this. Yeah. Five to ten. Yeah. I was seven or eight. Yeah, that sounds about right because you're usually a little bit younger than. Mm. Yeah, and because that's when I started Taekwondo and that's when I would have seen this movie. Uh, and I, I loved think we're it. starting I, to fall into a bit of a pattern here, guys. In terms of the ages? Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Uh, would you watch this movie again if you're in free will? I think everyone I'd watch knows. the sequels. <laughs> I, I, I would watch the sequels. I would watch the end scene. They are different. Mm. I'd watch the sequels and I wouldn't turn it off if it was on TV. If there was a supercut of this movie, which That's was just all the, the uh, montages, shirtless, all the shirtless stuff, and then like the last third of the movie, the I montages. Know to, I know how to cut the supercut. <laughs> <laughs> a rating for this movie. Wait, you didn't answer. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes. I'm, I'm also interested to watch the sequels because I remember the second one, right? But I want to know. I don't know if I'm remembering it correctly or if I'm mixing it with another movie. Oh yeah. And I and I also I have a feeling that I liked it better. Okay. I don't know if that's accurate. I and feel like I honestly have not, honestly had not seen this since I was probably single digits. I don't know if I ever would have watched it when I was a teenager, which is weird because I definitely saw it a bunch of times when I was a ki- bunch when I was a kid. Um, so yeah. Anyway, rating for this movie, we rate things out of five, like we do on Letterbox. The scale for the ratings are one 
I hated this movie. Two, I did not like this movie. 2.5, this movie was fine. There were sequences I liked. Three, I liked this movie. Four, I loved this movie. Five, this was one of my favorite movies of all time. This is a difficult one for me, guys. I was thinking as you started, I'd give it a 1.5 because that would be in line with how I feel it sits next to the other films. Really? You, you like this movie less than Wild Thing? Because you did not like Wild you Thing. You hated oh, Wild right. Thing. Right. What did I give Wild Thing? You gave Wild Thing a two. So you want to give this less than you gave Wild Thing? Two is this movie didn't do anything for me. One is I hated it. I don't think you just well, above hated two is, this. Two is I disliked this movie. Yeah. There, which one is there were sequences that were fine? 2.5 2. 5 is it's fine. Two and a half is like it was fine. There were parts of it I liked. It's definitely better than Wild Thing. <laughs> <laughs> 2.5 for me. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a 2.5 as well. Yeah, solidarity. Really? It feels like you liked it more than that. Or did you not? I did, but I don't think I liked it as much as I liked other things that I gave threes. Fair enough. And, and there's no such given- thing as a 2.75. No. <laughs> no, we don't want to go that great. Because it, because it is a 2.5 for that rating, for the It's Fine rating. I would mm. maybe give it a bit more than that, but. You've given a lot of threes. Can you give points on letterbox? I'm not f- familiar with Yeah, it. you can do half. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, but 2.5 is, is a half. So, I yeah, because I feel like I did, I liked it okay, but I liked it in a way that it's 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 fine. Like I liked the end sequence. I liked parts of it. But I didn't. I wouldn't say that I liked it as much as I liked things like Iron Eagle and The Wraith and Wild Thing and Jim Carter, which I gave all threes. Yeah, yeah. that's so. Fair yeah, two point five for me. Yeah, I actually don't know either. I mean, what did I give Iron Eagle from memory? You gave it a three. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I gave Iron Eagle a three because I was mixed on it. Yeah. I think I liked this movie. I I enjoyed this movie more than. Iron Eagle, but that's because Taekwondo, because of the Taekwondo of it all. But I do agree with Brody, and I have also like I have you know stated what I think my issue with this movie is more than more than one. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's a three, three. So the same as Iron Eagle, but it's higher than Iron Eagle three. And then so we move on to next week. The way that we pick movies is that Kira and Brody alternate taking turns, picking from three choices that I have prepared. It's my turn, y'all. It is, in fact, Brody's turn. If a movie remains unpicked for three times, it is struck out um, and taken off the list. Yeah, if something gets struck off the list, I can always bring it back at a later date of my choosing, and I will because I have a limited amount of tapes. Just to be clear, so I, uh, it occurred to me that I've talked about like buying tapes and having tapes and stuff. That's because I basically got rid of my VHS collection from, yeah. from childhood. Yeah, in the transition to like DVD. And you now said I'm that in re- the first part, I think. Rebuilding a collection. No, no, I think you just already know that piece of information. No, I think you oh. just already know that piece of information. At one point when I was a teenager, I had a collection of about five or 600 tapes. Whoa. It was a block. I had them stacked in a block like a table in my bed in my in my teenage bedroom. Dude, I, I don't have most of those tapes. I do have some tapes from We also from, gave away a lot of our tapes at our wedding. <laughs> oh yeah, we also did give quite a, away quite a few tapes. So we used VHS tapes as um as nameplates at our at our wedding. <gasps> That's right. So I gave Holy away shit. Quite, a, quite a few tapes. And it was only after that, it was in the process of finding the tapes of my mother's house to do those nameplates that I kept a bunch of tapes. And then from there started rebuilding my VHS collection because mm. I realized how much I love the covers and having the physical object of a VHS tape, which invokes so much memory in me. And now we have a podcast and we maybe wish we 
the Red giveaway of all of this. But it was an excellent. It was an excellent way to do uh, name. A lot of them would. Uh, so the, they had also been in boxes out on a back deck for almost twenty years. Yeah. So most so of them probably of them didn't work anyway. Yeah. Shape as well. So yeah. So yeah. So remaining from last week, uh, Meridian Kiss of the Beast, starring Cheryl and Finn, with two strikes. Rapid Fire, starring Brendan Lee, with one with one strike. And new on the list. The evil, evil grin. Well, I like it. It's fun. It's real fun to make it hard to choose. No, I love that it's agonizing. Yeah. yeah. And I picked something that um, I kind of get in a feel of what's, what appeals to Brody. Yeah. Right? I think you know this very thoroughly. No, I think feel like I'm getting a better better feel. Like, okay. I, like I look at tapes and I'm like, if I put this on the list, maybe Kira will pick it. Yeah. Like rapid fire. Like yeah. Brendan Lee. Sorry. Yeah. And then so I chose something for you. Chose something that I'm hoping that you won't be able to resist. Mm. You already said you couldn't resist rapid fire. This is going to be so hard for you. You want all three of these movies. <laughs> I present to you Corey Haim <gasps> in Prayer of the Roller Boys. Holy shit. What the fuck? <laughs> What the absolute please, fuck please is this? Please describe the cover for those that maybe do, are not aware of. So this, this first of all, is the uh, slightly elusive fluoro orange box as opposed to the other boxes. The black box or the clear box. Yeah. Um, prayer of the Rolo Boys. Say your prayers, boy. They're <laughs> coming. The future is ours. Oh, is this a futuristic movie? <laughs> Oh, fuck. Was this what you expected when I said Corey Haim? Uh, any Corey Haim was going to get yeah, that right. reaction okay, from me. Fair enough. So I'm not familiar with Corey Haim. What? Oh, my God. The two Corys. Corey. Corey Haim and Corey Fieldman. The frog I know bro- Corey Fieldman. The frog brothers from Lost Boys. Oh, hectic. Yes, Brody, okay. You have seen Lost Boys, yes? I have. Okay. I have seen Lost Boys. Just I checking. know who you're talking about now. Okay. Yes. Because um, we so, do wonder. Yeah, I mention movies and you, I mention movies and you nod sometimes, and I'm like, I don't know if that motherfucker's seen that movie. A lot of movies I have partially seen. Yeah, or we talked, know we talked about yeah. some movies that you were like, I've seen bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, anyway, continue about Prayer of the Roll. So this has this has Corey, Corey Haim. Um, Corey Haim no longer. Tone. Corey Haim no longer with us. Oh, he passed away. Um, staring very uh, intensely. at staring very intensely to, to camera. Um, Blue Steel, before Blue Steel, if you will. Um, and then a group of wild gangsters, I am assuming, that are a gang of uh, very 80s-looking roller skating men. Oh, they're on blades. They're on blades. Sorry, sorry, roller blades. Uh, all in white trench coats, all doing the same move. So I'm going to turn this over for more information. <laughs> it is the not-so-distant future, a world scarred by ecological disaster and economic collapse. <laughs> Hello, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> a once great city is reduced to barbed wire mazes of homeless camps, and a lost generation is held in thrall by an ominous white-robed army of youths gliding relentlessly through the post-industrial wasteland <laughs> on supercharged speed skates called rollerblades. When you say it out loud, it sounds insane. <laughs> <laughs> so we I've have one of the rollerblades. Yeah, Kira's seen it. Kira's like, I think I know this movie. Yeah, Kira's seen it a very long time ago. Yeah. Probably, probably very early on in our relationship. Fuck. Make, Can I see the tape? Please choose. Meridian is something different. 
guys, and I'm and I'm happy for there to be a bit of input input on this choice. Okay, so best of the best and things like Wild Thing have fucking drained me, right? Because although there's some great parts to them, there are points like in Iron Eagle where you just you are you realize you're making notes on a movie, you know. And I feel like... Well, that's because you only watch a movie once and then make notes. I always watch the movie without making notes and then watch the movie making notes. Yeah, true. Uh, but then I feel like Meridian is a complete departure to what we've had, right? Yes. So it'll be completely different, something left of field. Rapid Fire will be a movie that I can actually sit through and be like, this is dope. This is fucking... I feel like it's going to be a well-made movie and it's going to have some wild shit in it. Whereas Roller Boys... I feel like it's going to be another film where I might struggle to get through, but by the end of it, I fucking love it. Kira, any input? <laughs> I want we the did crazy. did have a kung fu. Oh. It is also, yeah, it would mean we've done two martial arts movies back to back if you pick Rapid Fire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. I'm not going to pick Rapid Fire. Ooh. Okay, then. But we did a martial arts movie last week. If this week, if this, if it wasn't the case, then I, it might be more of a running. I do love post-apocalyptic fucking crazy weird stuff. So that's kind of my front runner. But Meridian is a massive departure. The thing is you're losing rapid fire completely if you make me pick between the two, because then if I pick roller boys, then we don't get rapid fire at all. Can you're a fucking monster. Welcome to my now game. Now I want to bring rapid fire back in. Welcome to my game. Dance for me. <laughs> Dance puppet. <laughs> Fuck, let's get super weird with it. Let's do Meridian. Really? Yeah, I'm going Meridian. I'm going Meridian. Okay. okay. That's what you want? I feel like it's going to be a fucking absurd time. It is insane. It yeah. is legitimately insane. <laughs> okay. I'm, I look forward to that podcast being fucking bizarre. That wraps us up for this week. Do not like, do not subscribe, do not follow us on social media. Go outside, make better life choices, stay off the internet. Um, Don't do any of those things. Follow uh, us on Weird Good Video on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're also on Letterboxd. Slide into Janet Maslin's DMs to tell her that I love her. <laughs> and that we miss yes. her. And that we hope that she um, did a review for Meridian. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the possibilities. And... and- <laughs> We really need a better end. Can we not end it this way every time? <laughs> do you guys hate it? I don't know. something else. I thought it was lame to begin with and then and then it stayed lame. And it was we kept, so natural. We kept doing it. All right. How should we end end the pod? Some type of sign off. See? And scene <laughs> was so natural. And scene. Bye. <laughs>